Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't think you need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 <laughs> charger. How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. You know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Okay, so what I've discovered of this monthly show of ours is that almost every third show, it's a earnings call show, they're not my favorites. But let's get into it because I they're, like them. they're good I because like they're full of informaticiousness. Yes. And they're So what don't you like about them? Because they just feel like, oh, we got to listen to Sometimes you get an Elon that's screaming and is psychotic and other times you get an Elon <laughs> yeah. that is super professional who's just been sued by the SEC. Although I'm just saying. he keeps doubling down on that. It was worth it. It was worth it. You know, it. I've been Why? thinking about that. I've been thinking about that. You know, I was so upset at Elon for that stupid-ass morning tweet after Ambien and God knows what else, where he's going to take the goddamn stock private. He's staring at me. It's making me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Very upsetting. Very yeah. upsetting. It was. Why, Elon? Why? Why? He's a smart guy. You know, where's his... Peter Principal ceiling, right? Where does Elon get to the point where he's at his limit? He's kind of like, you know, Iron Man. But this is old news. And so this is what I'm thinking. Okay. Yeah, and I wrote it down while I was sitting in the freaking, freaking traffic, traffic. Yes. of an hour and 20 minutes to get here. That's for not even this on podcast. autopilot. That's very dangerous. Oh. So number one, bait the shorters. I hate the shorters. Shorters should go away. They should do everything... Hell on the shorters. Why right? does he care? Then why does he care? And the shorters are only like emboldened by that. That's my opinion. Mm-hmm. And then he takes a tweet to take the stock private and gets in a world of crap over it, and the stock takes a dump. What does that do? That gets the shorters to be emboldened, right? That's like the stock takes a dump, right? What did it? I can't even remember what the numbers were. It was like up to three fifty six. Takes a dump into the two eighties, and the shorters are like, "Rock on! Let's short some more." And they short it some more, and then the earnings call tightens everything up. Yes, numbers are great. Yes, Elon already knows this stuff. Yes, and it's like a bam, a smackdown to the shorters. I see, and. There's even been some major shorters who have turned, turned their the corner. Yeah, they've turned a new leaf and they are now Tesla supporters. Well, that's sort of the show before the show. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, before we get started here, can I um, shout out to the uh, patrons? Shout out to the Patreon. Shout we out to the Patreon. We have currently this discussion going on about how we have a once a month show. We used to have a weekly show. We couldn't do it. I exploded. It was very bad. Go back and listen to the whole thing. We've gone <laughs> to once a month. We can sustain it. But many of you want us to do it more often. So we've said, hey, if you want to Patreon us, maybe we can do this twice a month. Have a free version and then have a paid version. Since we've said that, a lot of people have been on the Patreon. And I've got to say that there are three people who are giving us $100 a month. How many crazy people are out there? Three people. I would like to shout out to them 
by name. But we're concerned that maybe they don't want their names known. I know three. Right. What of, if I know two of them. What three. if their neighbors like know them and just turn them into social services or no, something that, for making crazy decisions? I know two of them would decisions. be fine with this. Yeah. Two of them? Do you I know, know two, two of them. them. You know you two of them? I know two of them. What? What the fuck do you think I do on my days off? I think you do be, Tesla things. To I yourself. do a lot that of Tesla That must be why stuff. we have Patreon. Hey, and before we get on, we're going to do a couple of things here. We're going to talk about version 9 of the software, of course. We're going to talk about the earnings call. But i got to say, I've been talking about Barry Cinnamon of the Energy Show and the podcast, and he's also a radio personality. I got Barry on the phone. I did an interview with him, a couple of short interviews. I want to just do one right up front here before we get into the show because I think it's so good. Because a lot of people have been asking me about microinverters versus power optimizers on your solar panels. Remember back in the day, we used to have solar panels that are on strings. If you put a little bit of uh, shading on one panel, the whole system had to drop down. Back in the day. That's what's on my roof. Yeah, they're like you have. And like <laughs> I still have one section on. And then came along microinverters, which is a little inverter under each panel. So that reduces that problem. Now there's this thing called power optimizers. And I wanted to know from Barry, what's the difference? And he said this. Thanks for reaching out to me, Mel, and uh, thanks for talking to the Tesla community here. Uh, my name is Barry Cinnamon. I currently run a company called Cinnamon Energy Systems. We do solar and batteries in Silicon Valley, San Jose area. Prior to that, I started up a company called Akina Solar in 2001, and we partnered with Westinghouse, became Westinghouse Solar. and We were the first national-scale residential and commercial solar installation company 15, 20 years ago. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was a great run. We went public, went through that whole thing. I, I learned an interesting thing about running a national solar company, which I think is the same experience that, that Solar City had, is the bigger we got, the more money we lost because the business really doesn't scale very well. It's inherently localized. So uh, I, I try to learn from my mistakes, and that's why I, uh, when I sold Westinghouse, I just started up a local solar company. So now I don't have to, my crews don't have to go more than 45 minutes or so. And we're, we're operating you know, much more profitably. So that's, that's what I do. We're the, your local commercial and residential solar installation company, but only in Silicon Valley. So if you're in San Francisco or LA or Brisbane, sorry, I can't help you. As a way to market our local services, we're on a local radio station called KDOW. It used to be on another one called KLIV. So I do a weekly radio show for about half an hour, and we distill that down into about a 25-minute podcast that then goes out to our email list. You can register for it if you go to our website at cinnamon.energy. And uh, then it also shows up on a number of other industry websites that are around. So it's a little bit of a treadmill, but I, I'm really happy to get information out to people about solar technology, inverters, panels, but also branching out into other related technologies like wind and, and hybrid cars and hydrogen and you know, have even done shows on nuclear and uh, coal sequestration. So I'm kind of an energy nut. So Barry, microinverters versus power optimizers. How do I choose which one I'm going to get on my solar panels? Uh, it's a religious thing because for all intents and purposes, they work the same way. They have about the same cost. Um, I was the, the biggest fan of microinverters when Enphase came out with their second generation product in 2009. And we standardized on Enphase sales all over the country. Very reliable but expensive at the time because there was more electronics in the microinverter than what subsequently came out from companies like SolarEdge and Tygo. So currently on the market, 
you've got a couple of microinverter companies, Enphase, um, and then uh, APS. There's a couple of others, and, um, and they're they're good. Um, and then you have a couple of optimizer companies. SolarEdge is the the best known one, and Tygo is another. So in terms of the performance, it's about the same. The considerations I look at are. How good is the company backing the thing up? Do I have to get an optimizer from one company and an inverter from another company? Or is there just one source? And so my preferences right now are Enphase if you want to go with the microinverter religion. And then SolarEdge, which is an inverter from the same company that makes the optimizer, if you want to go with the optimizer religion. Pricing is also about the same. Now, there's one other really important consideration and that comes back to the first question you asked, Mel, which is batteries. Enphase doesn't support a backup architecture at this time. So if you put in an Enphase system, it's going to be tricky to put in a backup battery, whereas SolarEdge is supporting that. So we're mostly selling SolarEdge because we know it's easy to add a battery to that system where they can just buy it right off the bat. Whereas with the, the microinverter technology, it's a little bit more awkward from an electrical engineering standpoint. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. It turns out that probably power optimizers, if you're going to add a battery, is better, although it's mostly a religious thing. It's, uh, there's not much difference as far as you can tell, except for that one important point. Why is it a religious thing? Are you saying like all religions are the same? No, it's like you're sort of picking teams. Like I'm a micro-inverter guy and I'm a power-optimizer guy. It's like looking from the outside, there's not much difference. But that one difference is huge. What I am I? You're a nothing. You're a, a string. Oh, uh, no, I'm neither one of you're those neither, things? You're the worst possible thing, whatever that is. That's you. Wait, no, I thought that was you. No, let's go on. Talk about, <laughs> let's talk about version 9 of the software. He and swings multiple ways, don't, don't you? I don't know what he's that? talking about. He's got like about. four systems, right? That's true. I've got yeah. a lot of systems. And actually, just today, they came and inspected the upgrades because I've got the old 15-year-old version with the strings. I upgraded the panels that are three times more juicy and they have power optimizers. Can't wait for it to get turned on. And you have your power wall, of course, right? Uh, no, we'll... Uh, talk about that a little bit later. You talked about that in the earnings call. Yeah, and we're going to get to the earnings call. But right. first, please, Thomas, because you are Mr. Dashcam guy. So we've got version 9 of the software. I think we're all liking it a lot. I have said on the tweener, and I'll say it again, that just moving uh, that navigation on the 3 to the left side of the screen has got to be the greatest thing that ever happened. But, Tom, tell us about <laughs> the dash cam because you've been dash camming it up. I have. So I put in a four gigabyte little drive into my adapter thing. What I don't like is that it takes away one of my front battery chargers, my phone chargers. Do you use right. both of them? When was no. the last time you used both of them? No, but I could. Uh, yeah, but so, okay. okay. So thank hey, you. Actually, I, actually, I have used both of them on a daily basis. So I had to move one to the back to the one that's in the back of the center console. So I have a cable now plugged well, you, into... Why are you two phones? Why are you charging all the I time? have uh, passengers. Who cares about the passengers? There's your problem right there. Oh, Go on. Are you God. Ubering like people? Mel- no, you- I, no, I drive my son to and from school. Oh, I get in cars not with my it. wife... It's what upsetting. are you people talking about? Like other people getting cars, they need their phones charged. You I, guys are so like it's all about me. You know, it's because you're rich. I have a quick question. Because well, we guys. are socially uh, inappropriate, and nobody will ride with uh, us. Uh, quick true. question for you guys: uh-huh. on my hour mm-hmm. and twenty minutes long, sitting on the freeway, oh my God. how long did that fifteen minute drive take? Yeah, it took one hundred minutes. <laughs> one hundred minutes. It literally, is fifteen minutes without traffic. And so, in that excruciating long drive 
I saw a motorcycle with like one of these um, containers that, you know, you kind of put on a on a little cantilever off the back seat, mm-hmm. right, that sits there. And it had an Uber symbol on it. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever heard of an what? Uber motorcycle? I'm not no. getting on the back of that. I think it was just a funness. Maybe it was Uber Eats or Uber Delivery. Oh, could have been Uber could Eats. Be. Probably not Uber person on the back of a motorcycle. If I was that working in this city dicey. for Uber Eats, I would probably do it on a motorcycle yeah. if, I, if I didn't want to live. Of course, yeah. you could then punch through the traffic until somebody opens a door or changes mm-hmm. lanes, and then you are in big trouble. Yeah. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I want you to look out the window. You're looking out the window with us. See that car right there? That's the that's the wonderful uh, Jay, we'll call her, because that's her name. And she just bought a brand new car. That car is 24 hours old, and it is a Mitsubishi Highlander. Not Highlander. Mitsubishi, whatever SUV-ish thing they have. And it's a plug-in electric. It's 25 miles on electricity. She's very excited about wow. it. Wow. Because she has a very short commute, and she's going to be able to drive on the power of the panels of the solar. And she has... A gasoline tank in that vehicle as well? There is a gasoline tank, and it sounds like, I've got to look it up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, but it sounds like it's the Volt. It sounds like that the gas engine can also charge the batteries, but I don't know if it runs off an electric motor or if it just sort of, as an additional thing, yeah. will charge up the batteries. The Volt doesn't Very interesting. do anything. The Volt. Not my Volt. The Volt has, you. the gas powers an electric charger and yes. then you run off the electricity off that charge which i think is the reason why it sure. qualifies for the hov lane and so that it has to have an electric drivetrain to qualify for the maximum rebates and the hov lane stickers and uh that's really cool there's actually a leaderboard i learned about since we're getting off topic we off got, topic this off is terrible topic 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 yes. there's a volt leaderboard where people post how long they go between Phillips. And some guy was 10 months. That's pretty cool. It's like the gasoline is putrefying in his tank. <laughs> yeah. He's using it so slowly. I would be slowly. actually relatively concerned about that. Yeah. I mean, what's the limit? I'd put a gas stabilizer in there if I was him. At yeah. some point, you got to like, yeah, drive it on gas. So uh, let's get back to dash <laughs> no. cam. I, I don't, why should we? Dash cam. So well, how could anybody care at this point? I'm curious, Tom. Mm. We're not going to ever I, get to dash cam. No, 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 no. I okay. am curious, okay. Tom, mm-hmm. because I looked into getting dash cams on my Model S after two separate accidents, which I have, I know, spoken about on this show to exquisite detail. Yes. Really? I don't remember. And I haven't all heard about the any of them. crap. <laughs> like the lady who hit me at the library. Oh, that lady. That lady. She told me I was parked in my S. And I'm sitting there, like, gathering books to return to the library. And she pulls in in her Prius, cranking the wheel to the left to make it into this parking space. And then she looks down, never puts the damn thing in park. The car rolls into the planter, almost into the freaking library building itself, scrapes along my front right bumper. Thankfully, she didn't touch the aluminum fender. And... I, like, launched it into reverse to get out of the way from her. I kind of noticed this all happening. And then she gets out and says, why did you run into my car? I said, did you see where your freaking car is? It's in the planter, crushing the bushes. I ran into you. I went apeshit on her because that was the first time somebody hit the Model S. And I swore to myself, dash cam. The weirdest part about that story is that you go to the library. And so (laughs) her insurance company paid me money, right? And I went to Avio and they did a quick fix. It didn't even cost that much. Mm -hmm. And I swore to myself buying dash cam. I didn't buy the dash cam. Then 20 minutes later, a year later, (laughs) some dude with this beat up Volvo bashes into the back of my car, puts like two 
holes in the bumper. It was effed up. Again, he didn't have, oh, I forgot my driver's license. And then it turns out his insurance company was like questioning whether he had kept his insurance payments up to date. Again, got a check to replace the bumper. And I swore to myself, dash cam. Ask me, Tom, have I yet bought a dash cam? No. Why would you get a dash cam? I mean, I knew the answer to this like 15 minutes ago. I was going to say, 25 minutes later, Tom, would you like to tell us about the dash cam for F's sake? Does it work? It works, but I don't think it's going to satisfy your dash cam needs. So it is simply, it is only a front dash cam wide angle? Okay, single front camera. It's not even that wide, but it's wide enough, and it's in a 4.3 format. So wide enough. So it's wide, like you can see the whole front of the car, but okay. it's still a single camera. So if you got hit from the side, sure. it's not going to show. If right. you got hit in the rear, it's also not going to show because again, it's in the front. Right, so the front's different than the back. I don't know if you if you knew that. Even though there's cameras all around, yeah, the car. all kinds of cameras. But so far, they've only turned that thing on, and so you're driving down the road, and it's taking video all the time, little 31 megabyte files, right? And then if you hit the little camera thing that shows up only when you plug in your jump drive, so you got to have your little USB drive, and you plug it into the USB port. Do you have to plug it into any particular port? One of the two in the front chargers, the front phone chargers, either one of those. Right. Plug it into there, it goes blinkity, blink, 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 and then the little camera shows up on the top right of the screen. Like a little camera It looks like a camera, and it's got a little red light on it. An icon. Uh-huh. Right. An icon. And then you drive. And you're driving, you're driving, you're driving. And then, bam, somebody hits you. And then what you do is you push the camera icon, and then it, it saves the last 10 minutes. But what Whoa. if my arms are broken? Well, then you can't push the button. <laughs> I don't use, know if... Use your nose. I'm not... <laughs> what's wrong with him? There's something very wrong use with him. Use your toes. Today. Just okay. hit that icon because it yeah. re- it writes over itself. It will. But at that point, your car has stopped, yes. so it's not really driving. So you have two options. You could pull the plug on the thing, but I don't know if you get the 10 minutes saved, but you get little mini files. So then it takes those little mini files and it turns them into like a single AVI file every time you push the thing. Now, here's what I ran into. I pushed the button a couple of times, dink, 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 and then the camera icon got a black X on it. Ooh. I'm done with you. No more recording for you. We are done with you, sir. No more recording. I was like, well, that's weird. I didn't really drive that much. I thought right. I could have been four gigabytes already because I put a four gigabyte thumb drive. Well, you tap the camera icon on the screen thinking you were going to capture some no, images. I, was t- I knew I was going to save the last 10 minutes. I right. was doing it very purposefully. Okay. I was testing it. So then I, it doesn't work. It doesn't. It's not working anymore. So I pull that thing out thinking, okay, I've recorded, you know, 40 minutes. I don't know what it is, amount of thing. And I filled that thumb drive. So I plugged it into my computer to take a look at it, but it still had 2.8 gigabytes of space left on it. So what the hell's up What'd with that? What did you start with? Four? Four. That's so what you said before. The wasn't there something about the fact that it only uses two because you have to use FAT file system yeah, and because allow you I don't to do know two how gigabytes? To format a thumb drive into FAT? Like, that's not hard. But, oh, I don't know. <laughs> you know what? I uh, plugged it in, did the same thing. Uh-huh. It seems to work. I haven't crashed. But definitely there is a lot of room for improvement in terms of user interface, which have you, I'm sure will be coming. Have you looked at the footage? I did, and it's pretty ugly. It's not pretty. It's not the video pretty. footage isn't great, but it'll get the job done. If somebody, I don't know, when I'm at the library, um, goes crazy and smashes into me, <laughs> then I can use that footage. So two questions. Is Tesla, is that footage automatically getting uploaded to Tesla as well? Have they been 
watching our dash cams this whole time? Have they also been watching my inside cam and seeing the things I'm doing oh, while I'm driving? Upsetting. I thought you put a Band-Aid over that thing. I'm going to. Oh, you have I don't think they don't upload all that video continuously. That would be a massive amount of data that they don't have the network I to upload. Because it's they cellular. Do I when... think they're probably processing it and sending some information. They're not sending all of the eight cameras up into the cloud. That would you'd need a pipe the size of a fiber optic. Yeah, my guess is what's happening is locally that information first off, they're not using all the cameras on the car anyways right now. Well, they, my guess is they that, are now. that well, they're not on our car. Yeah, because it sees all the cars behind you and to the sides yes. on version 9. Let me tell you. But you are those that. the cameras or the sensors? Now, you just say things, right? You yeah. say things like yeah. as if they're actual facts. No, right? that's they're using the car those cameras sensors. to render. All right, guys. All right, guys. I have a quick question. Oh, good Lord. So I'm looking at the dash cam <laughs> that I was thinking of buying for my car. Yes. And it did uh, 1920 by 1080. Not yeah. the same. This is less. Quantifiably. And these run at 60 frames per second, which is really nice. So you can actually pick out somebody's, like, license plate uh -huh. who just glanced off the front end of your car. <laughs> wow, you're upset about that. <laughs> he had a log drive. Hour and 20 minutes, apparently. It's almost as if the guy doesn't have insurance. So I would say... Uh, oh, no, can I, I summarize? pay a ton of insurance. It's crazy. Can I summarize? I don't know. Can you? I would say that this is interesting implementation. It's obviously a first gen, and where we go from here could be interesting because once you can plug that in with a nice user interface and have a front cam and a side cam as well, that's going to be the bomb. But I don't know if they're going to allow us to do that because is it going to take away too much processing power from the driving that is autonomous but not? I have another question, an additional question. So in the earnings call, which eventually we'll get to, which will eventually take up the last six hours of this <sighs> show... He mentioned the Tesla network. It's the first mention of the Tesla network yes. in a very long time. Now, we just spoke about that inside camera. I have, and you may have, and Mel, you may also have, a ring camera at your house where you can see what people are doing in your driveway or at your front door. Will I, if I put my car on the Tesla network, be able to log in to the inside camera at any time and see what those people are doing? That would be very interesting. That would that, be disturbing, upsetting. <laughs> that, I think most people aren't going to be doing anything in oh, there. Oh, hello. <laughs> I don't, I, when you say, oh, hello, what are you thinking like about you would do? I pantless, I'm just saying. Okay. Well, that would Down require the, the under dash cam. Oh, <laughs> it's true. Also the micro <laughs> under micro dash cam. <laughs> Can we zoom in? Or maybe macro. Macro. Zoom in further. Zooming. There's More, nothing there. Nothing. There's no, nothing. nothing. Yeah. Okay. Hey, Robert, uh, tell us about the Tesla Owners Club Worldwide Leadership Conference. That was amazing. Worldwide. And that's how I know Harold. Harold? Which is one of those names on our Patreon list. Thank you, Harold. Harold is a cool dude who I interviewed yes. and sent you that via Dropbox. I seem to have l not edited that. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it. I got busy. Go so, on. Imagine 90 people from around the world gathering because they are the leaders of the local Tesla clubs around the world. Nerd alert. I know. There were 36. No, these are the captains of the nerds. These are the nerdiest of the nerds. There were 36 clubs represented in Fremont. This was a couple of weeks ago. 36? Yes. They were from nine countries, 17 states, three provinces, that's a Canadian thing. And then there Thanks. were a total of 90 people there. It was wonderful. It was so cool. Can you imagine living in a place like 
I don't know, Finland and traveling God knows how many hours, uh, certainly longer than I had to come to this freaking show today, more than a hundred minutes. Probably didn't bitch about it because he's Finnish. Yeah, no, he was a very cool dude. He had these, uh, yeah, he was a cool dude. All these people, Norway, Belgium, England, Australia, New Zealand. Thank you. Yeah. And the Japanese couldn't make it, but they were getting their own special sort of, I don't know, one-on-one, tete-a-tete. With the leadership of Tesla the following week. So actually, Elon tweeted, I think, about this. And so I want to know, what did you do and did you get any insider information? Because as far as I know, you may have got some special insider information that you can't tell us about. But I want you to tell us anyway. Go. Gag order. There you go. I signed a very long NDA once again and then to tour the factory I signed another one. Oh my. They're like lengthy and lengthy and lengthy. But you no, know but what? Seriously, it's just us, dude. What I don't want <laughs> It's just us. It's just me and Tom. I don't really care. What are they going to do? Take away my Tesla? That would be really sad. They might sue you for Freeway you drivers <laughs> are doing a much better job of that than they could ever do. <laughs> Give us a tidbit. Make this story worthwhile. Give um, us something. Anything. It was exciting to talk to the folks who do Tesla social media and video recording. They have a whole team that shoots all these really cool videos. In fact, recently they just released one, like in the last week, of the view up the roof of the car driving through all these different environments. I met the guy who did that. He's a really cool dude. So I met the, the a couple of members of the Tesla advocacy team. They have ramped this up. When I was there last year for this Tesla Owners Worldwide Conference, there were only two members that I knew of. Now they've got like half a dozen to a dozen, including Al Gore's son. Working for Tesla, Nepotism. doing advocacy. Well, I mean, you know, he's into uh, the environmental aspects of things. They brought in the whole advocacy team from Solar City, and they're really focused. They're really working on it, and they're really excited to engage with Talking Tesla Nation and clubs about getting people to be active in helping to push forward sustainable energy. Does Elon want to sponsor the show? Does, did he say that? Did he say... He wants to sponsor us and be the official Tesla show. You bitching about superchargers and everybody. Superchargers, <laughs> Falcon doors, <laughs> autopilot. I think I will be this a would be, if that's what it needs This to. will be literally the last show. It's upsetting. I uh, never saw Elon. Oh, and JB didn't come. That's surprising. And that was sort of a bummer for the meeting, but it was a good meeting because we did get to talk to quite a few people in the middle region of Tesla and uh, get to know that after the owners helped to deliver all these Model 3s and S's and X's before the end of the third quarter, Mm -hmm. all of a sudden, owners are really being embraced by Tesla. I'm really looking forward to what happens at the end of this fourth quarter at the end of December. So if you're out there and you really know your car, you love your car, and you would like to help some new owners to deliver a car, then get prepared by doing two things. One, clear your schedule the last couple of weekends before the end of December. And Join your local Tesla club. You can find it on the Tesla website. You can just look for Tesla Owners Club. Join your club. Get connected to them. Some clubs use Twitter or Facebook or some other, you know, online way to get a hold of you. Bookface or email. Gab. So so slow email. (laughs) And they will inform you when and where. And in L.A., we had a collect names. We had a schedule set up. Your friend, Sean 
in Colorado. I know. Did Sean. the same thing in Denver. He's and it was guy. really, really cool. Yeah, he told me a whole story about a delivery that he helped with. And I put it on tape and I sent it to Mel. That's another Dropbox interview. There's a lot of interviews i got to get to. Uh, can anybody say tweener? Hurry up, Herbert. All right, let's move on. Can we move on? Because Please. I could talk about this all day because I wasn't there. I'm jealous. Uh, let's go on. First of all, this is all about the earnings call from now on. We're going to talk about the earnings call. We're just going to hit the highlights because you've probably heard a lot of this. But I just want to say this for the record. I've got an uh, article here from uh, CNBC, which asked a whole bunch of analysts after the call what will this do or what should you do? Should you buy? Should you sell? Should you hold Tesla stock? And I just thought it was interesting, ladies and gentlemen, boys and the girls, because they list out all these different supposed experts. And it is like a scatter chart of what to do. Yeah. Whole bunch saying buy, whole bunch saying sell, whole bunch saying hold. And what this tells me, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, is that as a whole, as a group, as a, a, what do you call a group of analysts? Is there a special word for it? a flock uh, sure, let's go with a flock. Flock. Or a murder. They are absolutely useless <laughs> because after this earnings call, they can't agree with each other on what you should do. So it tells me that most of them, therefore, don't know what they're talking about. Well, I think that you could look at this show in in a very similar way. I because think so. we disagree on a lot of things as it pertains to Tesla because there's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know on any given day which Elon is going to wake up. The difference between them and us is that we do not pretend we're not idiots. We embrace that fact. They <laughs> pretend that they know something when clearly they don't. They only pretend because it's their job. They've been given Tesla. They walked into work at J.P. Chase Morgan Smith Barney, and they said, hey, guess what you get to do? You get to be Tesla's analyst. And they're like, cool, what's a Tesla? <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, they're doing something wrong. Uh, they who? should be listening to Talking Tesla. Oh, Thank they you. should yeah. be. And then they'd be really confused about what to do. What to do, know. what to do, what to do. I think we give insight. They'd hear him complaining about supercharging, you complaining yes. about service center, me complaining about both of you, basically. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just is how that works. So let's get into the earnings call. And here's uh, the summary. I don't want to go through everything, but I want to go through a few things. And the first and most important thing is, I don't know if you remember, last time we had an earnings call, there was a different Elon. No, two earnings calls ago. Elon was uh, screaming and ranting and telling people that their questions were stupid and it was not very professional and it was not good. The last earnings call, not this one, the one before, he was very uh, sorrowful. I'm sorry that I yelled at you and I was a bad person and he was tearful because he was going through production hell and he was uh, having some of the cries and the tears. (laughs) And then this time, because he's been fighting with the SEC and getting $20 million here and $20 million there, after a while, that's going to add up. This time, what we saw was something I've never quite seen before. It was a professional, thoughtful Elon Musk. And I thought to myself, I like that Elon Musk. I think that that's a good Elon Musk to have on your earnings calls. I don't care what he says uh, when he's not on an earnings call, but that was a good Elon Musk. And he brought in a whole bunch of sort of next tier down people to say some stuff. And I thought it was a great earnings call. Good on you, mate, is what I want to say. Yeah. No, it was professionally done. I like he kind of encapsulated little bits. like Short and sweet. Yeah. One hour, six minutes. More profit than ever combined. In fact, let us hear a little bit about that because that is true. They made some cash. They turned the corner. They delivered trillions and trillions of Model 3s and they made some money. Let us listen. And um, moreover, we expect to again have 
uh, positive net income and cash flow in Q4. And uh, I believe our aspiration certainly will be for all quarters going forward. Um, uh, you know, I, I think we, we can actually be positive cash flow uh, and, and profitable for all quarters going forward, leaving aside quarters where we may uh, need to do a, a significant repayment, um, But I, for example, in, in, in Q1 next year. But I, I think even, even in Q1, I, I think we can be approximately flat in, in cash flow. Uh, by end of quarter. So that's big, that's huge, that's large, right? Because they made all this money and they became positive and everybody's saying this is cool. But to say that now going forward, we think we can have positive cash flow, that's huge, that's big, that's large, except for Q1 next year because I think they've got like $1.1 billion in yeah, debt due. Quite a, quite a big debt. They've got eight or $900 million in the banky bank right now, but somebody's going to take it out of the banky bank account next quarter. Which is interesting because they've got Gigafactory 3 spooling up in Shanghai. Yeah, that's what I found interesting because there is still a lot of CapEx that's going to get dropped. I don't remember there being any questions about that. How are they going to pay for Gigafactory 2 in China? They dropped $145 million on the dirt, but to build the factory, they are going to have to spend, what are they spending on this Gigafactory? $5 billion? It's going to be big, and I think that, uh, you know, Panasonic is... That's the current is, Gigafactory, yeah. I'm sorry, the current right. Gigafactory. Yeah, no, billion. I think this next one is going to be less expensive, probably because it's cheaper to build in China, but they have Panasonic participating, and I expect they have some significant participation by either the Chinese government or Chinese investors, because they see the, they see the future in Tesla. And actually, they're just today, they're, I don't know, I can't remember who is the third biggest investor in Tesla, but they said they're so happy with Tesla right now, they'll be happy to drop more bucks in there. So everybody is happy right now with these earning results. They then went on and they started to talk about the Model 3 and all the good things about it. And the thing that they really focused on initially was safety. So the Model 3, as you know, we've talked about it on the show, just got rated the safest car ever tested in the United States by the National Highway Traffic and Safety Authority. And Elon tried to make some jokes about the fact that they've got Newton on their side because they don't have a big sort of engine up the front. They've got these huge crumple zones. And Tom? You could hear the crickets. It was just ridiculous. It was the flattest thing ever. He was like, oh, we've got Newton on our side. <laughs> Nothing. As it in, reminded and people me are saying things like, of my Apple, jokes. the old Apple iPad? No, yeah. that Newton? No, Sir Isaac. Yeah, that, yeah I don't, yeah. I didn't get it. He, they talked about the crumple zone. And here's a question I have for you, gentlemen. So I opened my hood. I have a non-dual uh, motor vehicle. Yes. I opened my wife's ass. She also has a non-dual motor vehicle. But... The dual motor vehicles have a thing up front called a, a motor. It's the other motor of the dual. There's yes. the, the one and then the two. So that crumple zone can't be as much. And my guess is that's not what they tested. That is a good question. Which one did they test? Yeah. And is the frunk smaller on the dual version like it is in the S? No, I don't think so. Now think all so of the frunks are identical in all of the cars, despite if you have single dual. They they were doing that from long ago. They but only in the Model one, 3? Uh, yeah, I think it's in the Model 3 and in the Model S. It's the same bucket they drop in. And the front motor is actually quite small. The big motor in the back is like the size of a five-gallon, sorry, Europeans, five-gallon ice cream container. You know, if you're ever into ice cream or you go to Thrifties where they have it's a those, lot of ice cream. <laughs> yeah, they have those, uh, you know, cylindrical scoops and that freaking mint. A Home Depot bucket, that maybe? mint chocolate ice chip bucket. ice cream is great. Mm. Anyway... The front motors are a lot smaller. The They're like a liter container of uh, like a Coke 
thing? How big are It's bigger than that, but not much. But not much. So it's not a I big deal. Maybe like eight inches diameter. Okay. I'm throwing a number out there that somebody is bound to write is, a letter on. None of but that is true. smaller and fits within the structure that I don't think it affects the crumple zone whatsoever. It's just another piece of equipment that's up in the front. All right. All right. Maybe it's made so. out of maybe it's made out of marshmallows or something like that. So yeah. we don't know what they tested, but that's a good question. I wonder if there is a difference. Subtle may it be, but anyway, it's really safe, and they um, spent a lot of time talking about that and uh, making jokes that didn't work. Now they got to navigate on <laughs> autopilot, and uh, so I want to talk about this for a moment. So navigate on autopilot. We had this big change, right? They took away full autonomous driving. They took yeah. away your ability to pay for full to autonomous buy it. driving. Exactly. Right. And so there's lots of conspiracy theories about this, and I talked about it on the tweener. But they sort of tackled it head on and said it was confusing to people. And I think that is correct. It was very confusing to us. When does autopilot end and full autonomy begin? Do they at one point just say, okay, enough, and now the rest is full autonomy? So taking it away, I think, is good. Do either one of you believe that's why they took it away? Um, How about the lawsuits? I think it's more complicated than that. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's because of that as well. Because it was confusing. We didn't like it. All right. they do is no, sell confusing we, packages. We, are want, so cynical. we want to make things really clear and upfront, like the cost of the car. <laughs> like, wow, that seems really cheap. Oh, they're taking off the cost of me putting gasoline in a 25-mile-per-hour uh-huh. yeah. large sedan. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. Mm-hmm. I suggested that they took away this fully autonomy because of that reason, because they don't have full autonomy. It's not coming for two more years. You can't keep selling stuff for five years before it occurs because you're going to get in trouble. Two more years. I have a question for you, Herbert. When is your lease up on your Model S? Thank you. I talked about this. So as soon as the Model S came out and it said full autonomy, I went out. Bam! And lease the car. Woohoo! Yeah, you're like, I'm not driving ever again. It's so great. And then it's um, 18 months in approximately, and there is no full autonomy. Yeah. And by the end of my lease, which is in 18 months, there'll be no full autonomy. I pay $3,000. I want some of that cash back. Yeah, but you're only going to get back like 500 and some odd uh, dollars. Yeah, they'll prorate in it. In this lawsuit whatever thing. It's upsetting. But that's why you take it away is because you can't keep selling it for 3000 bucks, knowing that it's not going to be there for at least, I say, Two years, he says one year. So it's not because it's confusing. So why say it? But it is confusing. So it can be true at the same time as well being a lie. Why not say it? It is confusing, and we're going to get in trouble. We're going to tell you it's because it's confusing. It's confusing because we're selling something that doesn't exist. No, That's really confusing to people. Hey, I got this pizza here. If you give me 20 bucks, it's going to be yours sometime. Imagine it has <laughs> imagine it has pepperoni on it, this pizza. Take a bite. I don't taste any pepperoni. It's gonna be imagine delicious. Imagine there's gonna be pepperoni. Because it's gonna appear. The pepperoni will appear. So they talked a lot about navigate on autopilot and we just got the email today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so did you Tesla Nation. Version nine, which is you know software update, but they did not put in the navigate on autopilot, which is get onto the on ramp, change lanes, get off the off ramp. Mm-hmm. They are saying that that is going to be pushed out now. So that's the most interesting thing about this for me, right? Because I get very lackadaisical in autopilot. Autopilot is not an aggressive driver by any stretch of the imagination. No. Right. It is put your car in 65, 75, you know, whatever your the denominator of choice is and just stay in that lane. There could be 
a slow car in front of you. And I'll find this happens to me all the time. There's a van, a work truck or something in front of me. And my car has got like that distance thing. So it slows down to 55, 60. And the lanes on either side of me are just, they're flying. And I don't really care because I'm not driving anyway. Right? Like, what do I give a crap? But this will change that because it will say, how fast do you want to be going? And it will change lanes. I'm not 100% sure I'm ready for it, but I'm ready to try. Well, it's a choice. You click on it in your menu yeah. regarding autopilot, whether or not I you know. want it to be there. So you can turn it off. But do we... Okay. But then in typical, why the hell should we not do anything that makes a lot of sense? Do you have any idea what the regulators are going to think of when Tesla submits paperwork and they're like, what's this Mad Max mode you're <laughs> referring yeah, to? Don't call it right? that. Don't, don't call it that. Man, like, yeah. why call it that? So is Mad Max like crazy... Let's call it a RR driver. Ha ha. I'm not Rubber saying it, that's no. I'm not saying it's you. I'm not saying it's you. It's Grace Slick on the well, front of a big it. semi filled with fuel. Let me explain. Oh, because please. they've said it in the past. He said it not on this earnings call, but in the past. If you're in LA and you're driving and there's a lot of traffic, in order to really get through the traffic and go to the next off-ramp, you can't really drive conservatively. And we all know this if you live in LA. You have to kind of drive a little bit like Mad Max. You have to dart into that little spot and you have to pull out pretty fast. And I've got friends here from Kenya and they drive in Nairobi and that place is crazy. But they're on the LA freeways like, you guys are insane. Yeah, this you is, don't you're... have to drive like that. That's why traffic sucks here. But everybody drives like that. Everybody's doing it at 70 miles an hour. So uh, and if you're to, in a truck, you drive like that two inches away from the guy behind you because you have truck bravery. But he said, like, to be functional, you might have to have a mode which they're calling Mad Max. I just wish they would call it something like L.A. Driver, where you're going to do stuff that you normally wouldn't if you're in, I don't know, Idaho, and uh, there's not that much traffic. You know, so now you're giving me a flashback to that. 100 effing minutes that I spent getting here, <laughs> oh, and I was behind a Tesla. It was sort of like a gray, the mousy gray Tesla, and this guy was driving, you know, and I was like, oh, look, there's a Tesla. And I was, okay. And it was, like, interesting to see an older man with no shirt on driving a Tesla. That was kind of weird, too. Hey, 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 this guy's driving along, and all of a sudden, I see in my rearview mirror, there's, like, lights flashing and all kinds of commotion going on, and he is merging from his lane into the lane to the right of him, and there's a woman in a small car who's, like, flashing and honking and stuff, and he's basically pushing her out of her lane. He didn't contact her, but she's, like, you know, having a WTF moment. Do you think he was in autopilot and the car was doing this? I sure hope I'm not. I'm sure he said that if he crashes. Right. Let's hear what Elon <laughs> and the kids have to say about full autonomous driving. Basically, anything made in the last roughly two years um, will be upgradable to full self-driving. Yep. In yep. fact, a lot of the cars we're using for testing today have, in fact, been upgraded from hardware. So to give you the background on that, what they were saying was, They've got their new silicon, it's coming, and full autonomous driving is going to occur because of that. So they talk a lot about sort of Q1, they're going to start um, implementing some of this stuff. But don't delay buying a Tesla between now and, say, Q2 next year, because they'll just pop out whatever hardware is in there. And they'll pop in their new hardware 3.0 with their own silicon. And so that's why saying full autonomous driving will occur with hardware 
Oh, who wants to be first Not in this room? Me. me. I don't. First generation of silicone. You want them to drop that in your ass? Yeah, because I can be the driver if I don't like it. I have choice. Oh, I'm not going to rely on it. And I'm certainly like anybody with any new software, and particularly any new software and hardware, you better be careful because it could go the wrong way on the freeway the first week. So do either of you guys know or have the latest operating system 2018.42 on your car. Is this the one with this thing on Today's it? announcement. No, no I do not have All right, so let me tell you this. Please. Unfortunately, Hello. our Talking Tesla Nation are going to have to wait a whole freaking month. Unless, of course, you're a Patreon subscriber. You could hear this maybe in two weeks. I may be the first of us to experience this because where is my car this very second. It's Avio. in the Tesla shop. Coach it works. is not at Avio. It's actually in the Tesla service center oh. because Avio completed my car last week. I was rushing home from Oxnard to get it and they called me back. Michael, he's a great guy, said, don't rush so much. The rear door handle is not presenting. I was like, what? You know, they had to replace like the entire door, door handles. It, it, freaking mess anyway it's all done the door handle is not presenting i was like i don't want to i don't i don't want a working car it's been how it's been a month more than a month it's been like five weeks and so he took the car over to the tesla service center they've got the car now and i sent him an email and i said i really want them to update version to 2018.42 because if it's one of those big updates that requires like a hard connection you know like a it's not Ethernet cable that I want it done. And I may be the first of us three to have that tomorrow when I pick up my car. But unfortunately, Talking Tesla Nation is going to have to wait a whole freaking month to hear about it. You I can tweet about it. Unless they become Patreon subscribers. Mm-hmm. And then how, they could find our super secret much, Patreon tweet Twitter right, account. Right. The Patreons get a verbal update for how much a month? Uh, $100 a month. All right. <laughs> I'll drive the car to their house. Oh, my Lord. No, we haven't really put a number on it, but, you know, the five bucks would be nice. Yeah. Kids, it'd be nice. So just a five buck a month, and then you'll hear me singing greatly uh, tomorrow afternoon as I am driving around. I have to drive to Lancaster on Wednesday. Are That's you going to drop it into Mad Max mode? You bet you're And do the lane changing situation? Everything. Yeah. I'm going full bore. I use it a lot. I was in basically traffic Mageddon all last week in that thing, and I mm-hmm. used autopilot. Tell them why you're in traffic Mageddon. A plane crashed on the freeway, and I had to drive through it. No. It wasn't just any plane. It was it a was World War II the plane. the Luftwaffe. It wasn't technically a Luftwaffe. It was painted to be a Luftwaffe, uh, but it was a non-German uh, plane. So, yeah. ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, there's this little freeway here. It's called the 101. It goes uh, from, uh, I don't know. Everywhere. Hollywood to uh, San Francisco and further. Yeah, it goes the whole goes way. a long way. Yeah. Anyway, uh, there's this guy and he was flying his Oregon. plane and something happened and he decided he better land on the freeway. And that, you know, when you do that, when you do that, land uh-huh. plane on the freeway, sometimes that affects traffic. Yeah, he nailed the landing <laughs> at one point and then he had to veer away from a car that he was about to hit into the center divider and that just basically stopped traffic both directions. Now, the best part about flames. it is, yeah, oh, it was on fire. The yeah. best part about it is I had to drive through it to pick up my son oh. three hours and back oh. to get home. So I got to to deal with both directions of it. It was super fun. Autopilot made it 
much more tolerable. Mm. I cannot even tell you. In praise of autopilot. Now, they go further on this and saying once they have full autonomy, guess what they're going to be able to do? Remember when they talked about the Tesla network? I don't know if you remember that 300 years ago. Network? When they talked about network. What? The Are you Tesla about network. Starlink? No, the network of driving around in your car on the Tesla network, the like Uber, Uber or Lyft. The Uber Lyft competitor, the ride-sharing gotcha. service. It wasn't very long ago that on Roger this that. Show, very show we were saying this said nothing about this. Well, on the earnings call, they said once we have this hardware 3.0, fully autonomous driving, and they're going all in, and this is kind of weird. They're like, we're going to be bigger than Lyft and Uber because we'll already have millions of cars out there that are fully autonomous, and you'll be able to say, here, put my car on the network, or Tesla will say, we're going to have a bunch of our own cars on that network. But I just want to say again... He is saying that they are going to have fully autonomous cars with hardware 3.0, which is in Q4 next year, whereas every other expert says it's 10 years away. Please explain. Well, he didn't say when. Or 15. He didn't no, say when. No, he does. When. On the earnings call, he talks about hardware 3.0, and he talks about fully autonomous driving. He gives a, a cue of two years from now that those cars, that network's going to exist. Now, I know he talked about that network, and he talked about Tesla providing cars in areas where customers didn't put their own cars in service for it, but I don't remember hearing the date. Please explain. Right. So I think maybe what you're saying is a little bit happened before that was about the neural network. So you put hardware three in a lot of cars, mm -hmm. and then the neural network starts to learny, 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 and that might take, as we've seen months to years to get to the point where you can say, okay, now you can drive by yourself. Mm -hmm. So maybe that's what they're saying. We'll finally have the silicon we need, but then we need the neural networks to spend a lot of time crunching data. So maybe that's what they're talking about. So maybe I lied. It's not full driving in Q2 next year, but at least they'll have the possibility thereof. I mean, the thing that you also have to worry about is the regulation hurdle, right? right? Like that, that so far, like that hasn't even began, right? And so the folks that I talked to at the Tesla advocacy team are working very hard in Washington, D.C. to create and or craft or influence what the autonomous driving rules will look like in the hopes that it will become a nationwide standard. And therefore, you don't have individual states saying, oh, we agree with this feature of autopilot, but not that feature of autopilot, making it completely chaotic. Have you heard of the Constitution and states' rights? That is never going to happen in this nation, my friend. It's going to happen. There's not uh, going to be a single uh, regulation the... that's federal. There's no way this government gets that done. I love the idea and I think it should happen, but let's be realistic. I am being realistic and I've listened to what these folks have to say and I think that they are on the right path because what the federal government will do will say these are the things that will work well with autopilot, and we endorse them, and then states will just pick these things up and say, well, we could spend a whole lot of time researching this because our constituents for our governor, our lieutenant governor, and all of our representatives within the state want this, and we're not going to muck it up. So let's just grab that federal regulation or that federal guideline, and let's make that state law. Done. It's like made to order. I like your um, enthusiasm. I'm with Tom. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's uh, go to the questions. So they talked about how their factories are safe. They talked about other things. But uh, the questions had some interesting stuff. And they said batteries. We make a lot of batteries, but we were constrained for a week or so there. Tom, tell us about 
battery production because in the end that is like a fundamental thing for sure i mean he got into it they make and use a lot of batteries is what he said they did have a tight supply i am surprised that they said they did not have except for like mel said a couple of days in a in a single week that battery production impacted model 3 production that was not the bottleneck the marbles in the funnel of the Model 3 production issues at any time except for a couple of days, which I would call not an impact whatsoever. It did, however, limit the energy side of Tesla. Oh, so the battery sure. packs that that would have been going to make power walls and other things, that was definitely impacted. Again, A, because they're making so many Model 3s, they needed so many cells. There's two different battery lines. One, chemistry is a car chemistry. One chemistry is a power wall chemistry. So what they've likely done is they have shifted production to the car chemistry, sacrificing the power wall chemistry. And it, that's because the cars were extremely important to get pushed out because of the federal rebate, etc. But now what they need to do, and they said they were going to ramp up like three more lines before the end of the year, Two lines by the end of the year and the third line okay. at the beginning of next year. But they're going to be able to produce more Powerwall right. batteries. And the amazing thing is in Q3, all the other electric cars that we've talked about non-existing for the last five years on this show, right. worldwide, they've made 19 gigawatt hours of batteries for all the other cars that don't have a cool little Tesla logo on them. Right. Tesla made 19 gigawatt hours of batteries themselves to put in the cars, plus got another four to five gigawatt hours outsourced in that time period. So what I think you're right, Robert, I think that means that they took the gigawatt, they made that second line for Tesla for cars, and they were the four and a half to five other gigawatt hours they were bringing in, they were using purely for energy. So like my guess is those were coming from the Panasonic, other Panasonic factory. Right. Because you can't like go back and forth with the chemistry on one no, line and the other. They're very complicated. Right. It's like making Chardonnay versus uh, Cabernet. Right. So hopefully I'll they'll open that third line and the next two lines that they build will probably both be for cars. Right. I would guess. And then the fourth line or... What will then at that point be the fifth line will be the second energy line. And that's when we should start seeing our power walls. I just want to see my power wall. But it is stunning when they do some of the numbers. Like they are making as many batteries as the rest of the entire world combined. As every other EV maker. It's right. Crazy. So we're not talking about every lithium ion battery. I thought they were saying every lithium ion battery. No, they, they, I listened second time because I thought that same uh, thing. And I heard him still say huge. in EVs. Okay. Plus... They're buying cells off the market to supplement the cells that they're making themselves. But that's what I'm saying is I think the other – they said four to five additional gigawatt hours were outsourced. I think those are the cells they have to be putting into what power wall, what energy they actually are making if, if indeed you know those two lines that they have are both doing Model 3 cells. But are those same Model 3 cells, and you will know the answer to this question, the cells that are going into the current S's and X's? We haven't heard. So where are those cells I believe being not. I, I believe We haven't heard that that's happened yet. You know, no. this, it's the, I can't remember the, the numbers, the and 1640 those, and the 1722, whatever it is. But um, we haven't heard that they're now putting those new 
Model 3 cells into 2170. the SNX 2170s. There you go. Thank you. And I wonder if the cells that they're outsourcing are not the cell, the old-style cells mm-hmm. that are in my Model S, because why would they give away their patent, quote, uh, intellectual property of the new 2170 cells and not just make them all at Gigafactory? Well, because it, well, my guess is where they're getting those is from the other Panasonic locations. No, I heard they were buying from other manufacturers besides Panasonic. Yeah, that's what I suggested. All right, well, let's continue to move on. They're trying to drive down the price of the EV, of course. Really? And they're trying to get to the 220-mile version, but they said specifically, we're not there yet. We haven't got to the point where we can do a 220-mile range version and get our 20% margin. So that's why they chose to do this interim step to the 260-mile version. Uh Uh-huh. And importantly, put less batteries in it because they need every battery they've got, every cell they've got. Whereas in the past, what they might have done is put in the big battery and try to upsell you later. They're trying to uh, reduce the number of cells they put in their battery so they can make more cars. Well, plus they didn't have to redesign the entire sled or any of the modules. They just took a few batteries out of each one to make it whatever, however many kilowatt hours that particular battery is. I don't even know that what that number is. I don't think they've made any not- real announcements about that. It It, it does weigh... Five or six hundred pounds less, I think. So some people were on the forums were saying like, oh, they just did a software limited version and eventually they'll start, you know, throwing ads up on your screen, which apparently annoyed a lot of Model uh, S owners when they, they had those software limited cars. But no, if you look at the people were very astute. They looked at the door tags for the gross vehicle you know, weight, mm-hmm. and there was like a six or 700 pound difference in, cool. the, in that. So they definitely know that's not happening. They claimed they were going to start European production in January with delivery of those cars in February and March, and then Asia Pacific in Q2, and then building cars in China by next year. Now, I don't understand that we can't be building them a Gigafactory 3 because they've said Gigafactory 3, they're going to build it super fast, but they said it'll take two years. So that's not next year. So maybe they're building them somewhere else in China if they're going to do it next year. Or maybe they're doing Gigafactory 3 in stages like Uh, Gigafactory 1 and get a bunch of it finished so that they can at least do assembly and maybe the batteries are made here in the United States, mm-hmm. and then as they're building up Gigafactory 1, remember, they do things incrementally, but they report things as if they're all going to happen at once. Yeah, That's true, because Gigafactory 1 is like 30% done, and it's cranking out a lot of stuff. It right? is. So the Fremont factory, the, the cars in starting in January in Fremont are going to be like hightailing it to Europe. That's mm-hmm. their that's their plan. So all of this stuff is happening still in Fremont. It's not like they're going to start producing cars in Europe. There are no current plans that they've released for that. Yeah, they're f- only doing assembly at Tilburg, which is in the Netherlands, to avoid tariffs uh, on imported cars. So they bring the cars without the battery packs into parts, body, battery pack, and in Tilburg they marry the two. And he did say you definitely need a gigafactory on every continent to make yeah. this more, because otherwise you have to put on a giant ship that's spewing out particles and nastiness. And then he also said very, very, very assuredly that only the Model 3 will be made on other continents. And I thought that was actually very interesting to me because it, it's the most expensive car in their line, obviously, the S's and X's, right? Right. The so S's they're not going to be making the S's and X's. But they're going to be subject to those taxes and tariffs in those other countries. So why would you not put and build some cars? If the Chinese market wants 50,000 S's and X's, why would you not build them? That that seemed a little weird to me. I don't know. I get it, but it just seemed weird. 
It is the theme that is plastered on the wall of the Gigafactory. As you walk in the door and you go past security and you have to swipe your security badge, it says moving towards sustainable transportation. So it's not about the profit and it's not about the luxury cars. It's about getting a lot of cars in front of people. So that's why I think that he said that they're planning on just building the three or maybe the Y as well. I'll just add that as a priority because really what we want is to get as many ICE cars off the road as possible as fast as possible. And I would say this, that for luxury cars, once you get up into these big numbers, uh, those people who buy those cars are much less price sensitive than the Model 3. So if you say you can get a Model S for 100,000 versus 120, once you've passed 100, 120 isn't that much. But when you're talking for people 35,000 versus 50, that's a big difference. Right, but... Not you as know, price sensitive. I, I, your brother would probably disagree with you. He probably no, would have did loved he buy one? To, yeah. Yeah, he would have liked <laughs> it cheaper. Yeah. <laughs> he would have liked it Thank cheaper. You. Right. Well, let's continue on here. Um, I found this really interesting. Somebody specifically asked, so you're doing about 5000 a week. That's great. How much CapEx, how much capital expenditure are you going to have to put into the factory to get to 7,000 cars a week? And his CFO and him said, very, very Little. Very little additional. Bam! So what they'll be able to do that by just by reducing the downtime for the line. So, you know, when you, there's a problem on the line, you've got to shut it down, you're not making cars. They think just by efficiencies and making sure the line is up more and more of the day, which really doesn't cost much, it's just about sort of systems things, they can get to 7,000 with almost no capital investment. And let me make this observation mm. since I took... I think it was my sixth, six hundredth, sixth tour thousands. of the Tesla okay. factory a couple of weeks ago. I was impressed to see the Model Three line not humming in places. I mean, like I was like on this tram sitting next to Starman with this great guy who was giving us the tour, and I was thinking to myself, "Get the line going! What the hell's going on? We got to make cars! Got to make cars!" I was feeling so pent up and so anxious. And then finally the line started working because we had like this long extended tour. And I looked back at the line and I'm looking through like three passes of the line. That's how it's kind of set up. Mm -hmm. And I swear to God, I couldn't figure out what the f*** was going on. There was so much stuff happening. And it was a little bit like... What Elon had described, that you would need like a strobe light to see what was happening. It wasn't quite like that, but it was certainly fast enough that I could not pick out as, you know, a lot of moving parts and me moving on a tram. I'm looking down this aisle at the three lines going back and forth. I couldn't figure out what they were doing. Did it look like an alien dreadnought? No. Okay. Well, let's continue on. They say, uh, somebody asked them in the earnings call, how many of these are you going to make? Do you think that you'll have to make per year? And he thinks that the worldwide need, want, desire for Model 3s will be somewhere between 500,000 to a million cars per year. Because as we know, particularly in the United States, people aren't so much into sedans as they are into SUVs. That is a... That is a big range of numbers to not know. 500. Well, they said in, the, in another part of the earnings call, we don't really know what the demand in Europe is going to be until we start making them and people get them in their hands and then they like them. So that's why yeah. there's this. You said huge how many range. cars? 500,000 500, to 1 million, million per year. Per year. Yeah, worldwide. Which that's is a not, lot. It's because not enough to. You know, it takes a, you know, what did we, what did we do in an old show? It's like 30 million cars a year, basically. To, I think it's like 15 million a year just in the US. Right. 
But that's just of the sedan form. So they went on and they started to talk about what's next. And he said this, and I'll play you the audio in a second, that they have the most interesting, exciting product roadmap on Earth. Need to get the audio. And boom. I think we've got the most exciting product roadmap of any company on Earth by far. I'm not even sure. Like, probably twice. I don't even know who would have, which company would have a better product roadmap. Or even close, yeah. Maybe they do. M&Ms. Do, why don't you just say Apple? Um, so uh, <laughs> I like M and M's, man. They got caramel, peanut, crispy. Those are good, man. They're not good for you. So what they're talking about this? He goes on to say that they've got the Model Y prototype is going into production um, next year. It's actually done. It's done. No, the prototype, the prototype is going is into done? production now. No, the actual design of the Y. I found this inside information out. Thank you. It's sitting in Hawthorne, and it's all done. Like the why, the way it's going to look is done. Oh, that's exciting. It's there. It's sitting in Hawthorne, and I I almost sold my son to go look at it. Yeah, we actually did say that, that the Model Y prototype is in production. So they're making them now. So yeah. there's probably one in Hawthorne. It is. And then full production, full production 2020. Now, they were saying recently 2019, but now 2020. So that's a year ago. We'll see. Where are they going to make those cars? Uh, don't know. Gigafactory. Fremont? I think Gigafactory. No. Fremont can't no do it. They way. don't have capacity. No way. Um, is it going to be made on the same line as the three, though? No. No. I think it's going to get its own line in the Gigafactory. Then a Roadster is coming soon, and then he said the next level thing is the pickup. He is more excited about the pickup than anything else, and I think he's right, because there is such a huge market for that, and he believes that this is like the best design they've ever done from a company that has got like the best cars ever. He thinks this is the best of the best. Now, I didn't put this in the show notes. I'm sorry. I worked all weekend and Friday. But did you hear about the new Bollinger truck? Uh-huh. No, the new Bollinger truck. No, please explain. You can't have a new truck when you don't have an old truck. Well, they have two trucks now. Do they? They have an extended cab truck that will hold like 16-foot 4x4s. It'll have a bigger battery on it. And they've they, been okay. asking Elon and through fans to use the supercharger network to charge the Bollinger pickup trucks. Now, we're going to talk about this yeah. a little bit later, but I mm-hmm. guess I can say Are we? now okay. is that Elon, at one hour and five minutes of this earning call, yeah. said other companies can use supercharging if they make their own adapter. No! Please, God, no! <laughs> no, God, no! Uh, Mel, Mel, would you like to would you like to talk about? It? I mean, I mean, we're jumping ahead because Robert doesn't read the notes, but like he said that in the call, and I thought to myself, "Are you kidding me?" I I get why. <laughs> I got the angriest tweet all month from a guy who said, "WTF? You want more people on the supercharger network?" Do uh, you think I, he was talking to you? Yes, I, uh... or Mel? I want everybody on the. Su- I want BMW. I want. Chevy, I want Bollinger, I want everybody on the supercharger (laughs) network, and I want to see every flipping gas station converted to superchargers. Okay, there's your caveat. Thank you. So I heard that, and I screamed, I wet my pants, (laughs) there was, it was I want more than every gas station converted. Um, They better build that thing out really fast. I love the idea that he wants to, you know, have everybody use the charger, and that's good because they've got the network. But you better build that charger out. You can't build it out fast enough now. You better get some cash from BMW or somebody to build it out faster because it's already impacted. Please, please. 
Oh, I'm going to have you a like, heart attack. Wouldn't you like Volkswagen to give their settlement, we're going to build the charging yeah, network to Tesla, to, Tesla yes. to actually build the network since they know how to do it? Yeah, here's $2 billion. Go build a ton more oh, supercharger. Very cursy show. Yeah. I was going to wear the Southern Arizona t-shirt in which they, you know, paid homage to us. Mm-hmm. That It says on the back, you know, this ton greater than this, this ton, ton greater than the ton. But when I mentioned ton... At the Tesla Owners Conference, the president of the Southern Arizona Tesla Club got very upset because it would invalidate his shirt. <laughs> so, Andy, I'm sorry, Mel, the horse is out of the barn. It's now time. Okay, there you go. Hey, I want to talk about some money. So um, there's oh. another audio segment here that talks about money. So what we've been worried about, what we've been excited about, all of this, we've built so many cars, it's all good, is about cash. Can they now fund themselves yeah, that that's uh, that is uh, our goal. Thank you. Um, we do not intend to uh, raise uh, equity or debt. Uh, these thousand are our intention right now. Um, you know that may change in the future, but the current operating plan uh, is to pay off our debts, uh, to, and not to refinance them, but to pay them off. Um, and reduce the, the debt load and an overall leverage of the company. So uh, talking about different tonnage, the amount of debt they have right now, I've got it written down here, it's a f- ton of debt right now. <laughs> <laughs> and um, they're saying that with their uh, ramp, their profitability, their 20% margins, all this stuff, that they're actually going to be able to continue to basically not require more debt. They're going to have to pay some stuff off. We will see because there is some large expenses coming, particularly when we talk about Chinese gigafactories and stuff. So we will see. And the the only way they can do it was to get the cars to the owners quicker. So right now they're averaging 30 days. They got it to 20 days. So So, from the time the car comes off the end of the line to the time it's delivered to the owner, which is when they get their checks. Right. Right. So they're carrying all of those costs for that time. They're trying to get it down to 10 days. And the reason why is because they spend $75 million a day in capital. At least this was the number that he threw out in this thing. I did a little bit of math. I'm not sure about this correlation, right? So let's just bear with me for a little bit. $75 million of cost per day divided by 5,000 Model 3s per day mm-hmm. is about $15,000 per car. Oh. Yeah, those cars are a lot more than $15,000. So like there uh, there mm. must be they must not be including like operating expenses and other costs like of carrying debt or other things in that. But to me, I thought that was pretty impressive. But they're spending $75 million a day on the raw materials and whatever labor, you know, payrolls and stuff like that to build cars. So obviously, if a car sits for 10 days or if a day's worth of cars sits for 10 days, that's $750 million they've put out over that 10 days. They got to get that money back so they can work the next 10 days, right, and meet payroll. So they're really just in this rolling thing. And if it takes 30 days, they could be sitting on as much as $2 billion, you know, in money in receivables. So they, yeah, he said, like, we have the loans to cover that, but wouldn't it be better if that cash just went straight into our bank account? So if you can move from 30, they said they got it down to 20 days at the end of the quarter, and they hope to get it to 10. So as Tom said, instead of that money sitting on the lot, the money's in the bank. That helps the bottom line a lot, a lot. They also said this 
same thing that can happen. You know, they've got most of their suppliers to the point where they take the steel or the aluminum or the what are the lithium, mm-hmm. and they have sixty days to pay that money. So I took a billion dollars of lithium, I got sixty days to pay it off. Same kind of thing. If they can get production and delivery down fast enough, they can actually have the suppliers. We talked about this two years ago. The suppliers basically paying for the production of this yeah, thing right, because right. they're getting the money. And they have, don't even have to pay the suppliers yet. That's huge. And then they take their 20% off the top. They become very profitable, very quick, and very sustainable. Right. And they don't have to be constantly going to the equity markets to borrow money, taking short-term loans, taking long-term loans, looking like a company who is you know staggering to build cars. Because again, building automobiles as we can see here, is very capital intensive. That's a lot of money, $75 million a day. I was going to yeah. start my own automobile company, and then I heard that, and I'm like, oh, yeah. I thought like if I put like a couple hundred bucks towards it, I'd be good. And he's like, no, you're going to need like $50 billion to yeah. start your own. It's a lot of money, money it turns yeah. out. So then they went further and said their used car sales are growing, and they've still got really good margins there. And just before we started the show, Tom was showing me that the inventory for S's it's quite large. It's quite big. It's quite huge. You could buy a very nice He90DS yeah. with like 30,000 miles, free supercharging. That's a 2015. What do you think that car is going to run you? I know. I saw it. 45,000. A little tiny bit more than that. but 52,000. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty. That's uh, awesome. That's a very expensive new car, though. I know. I'm, I'm looking. I'm still driving my old Model uh-huh. S. And I can tell you, man. I love it. And how many miles does that thing have? 94,000. Right. And and it probably drives like better than the day you got it. So that's what I'm saying is like if you want an S, there's some used ones out there. You can get them in any configuration you want. You can get them tomorrow. It is pretty cool that a car that cost you 100,000 not that long ago is now 50,000 and it's an incredible car. I think mine's worth a, like between 40 and 45. Amazing. So just think about I know. it, ladies and gentlemen. I told girls. one of the police officers yesterday at work. As they were when pulling I, you over as you're speeding in your No, car. I was leaving the emergency room, and he was like, wow, man, I've heard a lot about those cars. How are they? And it was like, you know, one thirty in the morning. And I said, you want to go for a ride? And he's like, no, I'm still on duty. And because uh, you would be kind of probably unfortunate if I got pulled over doing like zero to 60 in 5.2 seconds in Oxnard with an Oxnard police officer in the seat next to me, it would be kind of you know, awkward. It sounds like the exactly. best possible Actually, way to get pulled over. Actually, it's probably the best scenario. Yeah, yeah exactly. probably. In fact, then, if you could take a police officer with you all the time, that yeah. would probably be yeah. really good. That's probably true. There's no anyway, way you're getting a ticket in that situation. He declined, but I told him, I said, hey, this car, 40 grand. And he looked at me and his eyes opened up and I could saw calculations going on behind his eyes. If I don't send the kids to college and if I cut back. Screw college, man. I'm going for the Tesla. So uh, let us do the next thing, which is demand. So a lot of people asked the tax incentives here in the U.S. are going away or they're going to start to wind down, we think, at the end of the year. So you get $7,500 off your federal taxes right now. Starting next quarter and next year, it'll be down to three and a half. And then in the second half of the year, it'll probably go to zero. Will demand go down? Let's see. Elon, go. Um, I I think that as we're able to offer lower cost versions of the car, uh, that's we would expect demand to sustain in the U.S. Um, but I want to be clear, like, it's not like we're holding back this lower-cost version of the car intentionally. Uh, just like with, like, the, the, we're just like, is there anything we can do to provide a lower-cost car now? And that's where we came up with the uh, depopulated 
long range pack, just like basically taking having having a long range pack with fewer cells. Uh, like we really care about providing the end customer with the most affordable car that we would possibly produce, the best viability. Um, and uh, if we could do the smaller pack now, we absolutely would. Um, it's just going to take us, I don't know, at least three months to get the production going, and then you go to spool up production, and that production's going to go to, you know, we're going to make the packs, the packs are going to go to the vehicle factory, the cars are going to get delivered to customers. Mm-hmm. So that's why, you know, customers probably see the smaller battery pack you know, on the order of, like, you know, March or something, or February maybe, but something on that order. So again, this is why you can't jump straight to the $35,000 version. They're not quite ready, but they're ramping up, so mm-hmm. it's going to be early next year. But I will say this, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, if you're one of those people who are waiting for the $35,000 version of the car and a $7,500 federal tax credit here in the United States, mm. the chance of you seeing that happening is close to zero. Right. So I would recommend, if that is your jam, right, and you're in a state with its own tax rebate like California and you can take advantage of the 7500 is that buy the car that they just released for 35 you know for 45 then you'll pay 35 for it but you'll have the upgraded little bigger battery pack than you were expecting it's still a lot of money i still feel like i don't know if he explicitly said when they released it it's going to be 35000 which means once it gets incentives it'll be down to 25000 i'm not i don't i feel like he said that i feel like i heard him say that i feel like that's never going to happen and i think that's okay i think it was aspirational i think it was a good goal to have i don't think he did it disingenuously to like mislead folks i think if he could have done it he would have and we don't know there is the possibility this is bizarre with this Congress, but there is the possibility because in, right now there is somebody trying to push through an extension of this uh, tax credit. It's I don't actually, know if it's going to pass. But. Yeah, it's actually Senator Heller of Nevada and Senator <laughs> Heinrich of New Mexico. So a representative who is Republican and a Democrat. They are both pushing bills. One bill is a four-year extension and the other is a 10-year extension. Mm, that'd be sweet. Yeah. If that happens... That is huge and big. We will still get to a $35,000 car, but it will require that they improve production, battery costs go down. So, you know, this is going to go down over time. But just if you're one of those people like, I'm going to get my $35,000 plus my seven, it's not going to happen for a while. Elon and the team are masterful of extracting as much money from our pockets as possible. (laughs) As they need to be, and I'm happy with it. And I want to be very honest and very clear, like, you're not going to get the Model 3 with full autonomy for $35,000. Like, no. That's never going to no, happen. No, don't say never. That's not going to happen for a long time because I believe that it will eventually happen with volume and more gigafactories. Right, right. I shouldn't time. say never. Never it. say never. Now, I want to tell you, ask you, uh, state this. The next part of this call I found really interesting. And it was a little bit about, well, who's going to catch you and uh, BMW and all these other people are coming. And he made this statement, which you have to get your head around a little bit to understand. But they are so far ahead of everybody else because he said this. They make the most efficient cars and they make the cheapest batteries. So you get two bangs for the buck. You can go further on a kilowatt hour in a car and we can make that battery in that car cheaper than anybody else. So we beat the competitors twofold let's listen yeah, um, as uh, as our quarterly letter indicates uh the, the model three has the um is, is the most efficient uh energy per mile 
uh, electric vehicle out there because uh, it's got the best efficiency. Um, so we've got the um, best best in terms of miles or kilometers per per kilowatt hour, and we also have the lowest cost per kilowatt hour. This makes it very difficult for other companies to compete with Tesla because we have the most efficient car and the lowest cost batteries. So I, I do encourage our competitors to, to, to really make a huge investment. Uh, we've been saying that for a long time. Uh, and, and then they're, they're only in this competitive disadvantage because they didn't, you know, we try to help them as much as we could and they didn't, they didn't want to take our help. But, we've, you know, we've, so they can use all our patents for free. We're happy. They, they can use our supercharger network if, if they can just have an adapter for our connector or something. We want to be as helpful as possible um, to the rest of the industry. Um, but um, the fact of the matter is we made the investment in the Gigafactory and other companies didn't, um, and we put a lot of effort into having extremely efficient uh, cars, uh, which the other, you know, having most efficient powertrains, and, and the other companies didn't. But you know, I'm sure they will over time, but that's what has put us in quite a strong competitive competitive position right now. So I've been listening to a lot of hip-hop music, and I would expect him to next say, suckers! <laughs> <laughs> it does uh, feel a little bit like, um, told you so, but I'm I have, smarter than you. But I have oh, another dude. perspective on it. Oh, if you do? If you're Ford. Tell us the wrong perspective. Or if you're Toyota, why haven't you done it? Why haven't you just been like, you know what? You guys did it. <laughs> you made these cars. If the, his patents are open, I don't know if all of them are open. If the if the motor patents are open, the supercharging models are open, the battery, all of that stuff is open, why would you even spend a dollar on R&D? Yes. Why? Like, just be like, Toyota Corolla, Tesla, Honda Accord, Tesla version, Ford Focus, Tesla. What the hell are these companies doing? That's what I said. Just and use the superchargers. Let's make. Uh, let's no, I'm not talking let, about the supercharger. No. The whole thing. The supercharger is it though. That is the biggest crux. Let's make 1,000 x superchargers this year. Let's just increase the number of superchargers by 1,000 this year. But you need to increase the cars by. You need to make more cars. Okay, so if Ford decides to put a supercharger plug on all their electric cars and dial down their gasoline production cars and make a bunch of electric cars. They sure could do it. So could General Motors. So right. could Mercedes. They could take the they $20 billion dollars they would all spend on R&D and just put it into the supercharger network, make those same motors, just start making them in Detroit, start making them in Tennessee, start making them in Mexico City. Why is this not happening? Just go to Perth, Australia. I don't, in fact, I don't want to. I interviewed Harold in Perth. Oh, Harold they Perth. went to the lithium mine in Perth, huh? the most pure lithium in the world. Pure, Just go man, there and start digging the crap out of that lithium and put that into a billion more batteries. So, but here's the issue. Here's the story. Here's the thing. Even if Ford and everybody got to use the supercharger network and Oh, please. Oh, please. Oh, please. The supercharging network was a thousand times better. They still can't keep up to Tesla because Tesla put the money in and now have these systems and they can make batteries cheaper than anybody. There was a person who said, how cheap are you making them right now? And for the first time, they're like, oh, talk about. Because guess what? 
We're killing it right now. We right. are killing this thing. So even if Ford and everybody else tried to, they can't catch up in the short term. So you can give them the supercharger network, but their stupid cars have 20 miles range, 40 miles range, But what patents are available? Range. Like are the, are the battery patents available? Is Panasonic? It's all available, Panasonic... but you have to build gigafactories. You have to build the thing to make the batteries, and that's why they're so far ahead right now. The gigafactory... And the charging network, but the Gigafactory right now is their special source. They spent $5 billion where everybody else was like, we're going to spend $5 billion on stupid batteries. We're going to make some more gas cars. Now they've put themselves five years behind. So Elon crushed it. Crushed it for now. If they start tanking, then it's a different story. But I think they're way ahead because of Gigafactory and because of the charging network. But again, you know, Jay's got a beautiful car over here, and uh, it's a Mitsubishi, and it's got 25 miles range. And let's say you open that up, and you can go on to the uh, Tesla supercharger network. Jay, why don't you drive to San Francisco on electricity? Every 25 miles, she's going to plug it. There is no the plug. fact that they have a 300-mile range car right. and nobody else does right. is why they're ahead. Who's going to have that? Nobody for at least two years. Or Chevy has a 240-mile car that can't charge. Right. Now, that's a difference. So if the Chevy Bolt could go into the supercharger network, then I can say to Grandpa, yeah, drive to Phoenix because now you have a supercharger network. But don't because I want it and Grandpa, <laughs> you can't take my supercharger. But what if they paid 50 cents a kilowatt hour? That's the other thing. Yes, like, uh, take that money and pour it into the mm-hmm. – oh, I like that, But Tom. would people use it, right? Because now if it's only uh, 30% less than regular gas. Yeah, but I think they probably would because at home and driving around town, they're charging for cheaper. And if I have to go on a long trip, I'll pay near gas prices but less. make it less so you can say it's 20% less than gas. Yeah, but what if they live in an apartment building and I share two chargers with like seven drivers? Sometimes a supercharger is necessary. Oh, yeah. I think superchargers are very necessary. And I think that your Tesla outreach people, they need to start working on apartment owners, Mm -hmm. high-rise owners, Mm -hmm. people that own big areas where people park their cars. Because I think I have a lot of friends who live in apartment buildings and it's I have a friend who lives in an apartment <laughs> building, and it's a non-starter for her. She doesn't even barely drive her car, but even if she had a Volt or this Mitsubishi, whatever the hell it is out front, very informative show we have here. <laughs> That's right, that thing. Right, like she couldn't even use that car because there's no place for her to charge it. There's no logical place for her to charge it. So, and her apartment complex owner, should he be compelled to add thousands of dollars of cost putting electrical panels like who's going to pay for that stuff because most a lot of people in a lot of big cities live in apartments so the woman that i had lunch with two fridays ago who works for tesla in the advocacy department was telling me about their work with dwp that's the department of water and power los angeles based energy provider as well as southern california edison another large utility, working with them on how to foster apartment and multi-unit dweller charging apparatus. This is uh, the next big thing. And in the very short term, the number of Model 3s and stuff, and you're going to go live in an apartment. There's two apartments down the road, Tom. Two bedroom, beautiful. Uh, it's near your work. And that's $2,000. And then there's an apartment next door. 
and it's 2005, but there's uh, 60 Tesla charges. Which apartment complex are you going to go drop your cash on? $2,005? Yeah, 2005. $2,500? 2005. I'm just saying, for a small premium upgrade. $2,200? It's 10% more. I'm not paying $200 more a month. That adds $200 to the price of my car. Why would I do that? So don't derail me with your facts. I'm just saying the concept. Well, you would because you're a doctor, for God's sakes. We're talking about normal human beings. You're derailing my entire idea, which is pay a little bit more. Uh-huh. But put the infrastructure in, and it's just the same. When I talk about Motel Six, what and if everything. it's the same price? What if, in my situation, exactly. it was the same price? Looking at five different places, and one place had two chargers, and I was like, I don't have to worry about a damn thing. I yes, I have to coordinate right. with the people in the building, but still, boom, I'm there. That's why. So you're I'm, doing that now? Yep. Okay, so what? how does your coordination work? Because I'm very fascinated in this particular situation. Coordination. I like this. Explain. What does coordination mean to you? <laughs> That's a new podcast that uh, is all about how you get electricity into apartment buildings. It's called I, coordination. I actually said coordination. I know, and, and coordination oh, is much better. Coordination is good. Maybe we should have called this show Coordination. I, I think that's another spinoff. How many of you guys want to see a Tesla oh, talking Tesla uh, show called s- Coordination? So we're doing a couple of new shows. We're doing Supercharger Weekly and we're doing Coordination. <laughs> it's going to be great. And I'm doing Talking Tesla. So which is, literally... Yeah. Three of us uh-huh. are on a uh, message. You know, I sent a message to one person. Text message? Text message. Mm-hmm. The other person, we're like messaging between each other. Can we like, do you need a charge? I'm about to unplug in about 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. And if any of you two guys need to charge, come on over and do the charging. Because there are a couple of people who are not very considerate. They have these hybrids like a BMW SUV. I'll just call them out. And another person with a Model 3 who is not at all considerate, they'll freaking plug in at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, be done charging at 8, and stay there until the morning. Upsetting. So, fully. And so, we are working on how do you coordinate, and this has all been done in so many circumstances with little post-it notes and how do you charge. I need to charge tomorrow night. It's really important because I have a long drive ahead of me. People working it out. There is community to yeah. do this. And companies, my friend, uh, has they share some chargers, and they have a spreadsheet. There's a schedule. You get it from mm-hmm. 4 to 6. and Right. When people are all sitting at the office mm-hmm. for a 9-hour day or an 8-hour day, mm-hmm. they can coordinate on how to charge. And, you know, when I go for my lunch, we switch off. That sort of thing. I see that there's a whole small sort of industry that can develop here, like I'll wash your car and I'll charge your car and I'll do all this stuff. We have here in Woodland Hills, we have these uh, people who run around in their vans and they come and wash your car at lunchtime and stuff. I can see this whole thing. Well, I don't have a charger at my work, but I'll give you uh, 10 bucks, go drive my car down the road. Plug it in, bring it back. There's, there's lots of opportunities with software and apps. There's an enormous business here, and that's why I kind of get upset at some people who think that we need to still burn coal and stuff because there is a trillion-dollar industry that is just waiting to happen, and it's starting to happen. Come on, let's get there. I charged my Model 3 last weekend, the weekend before last, at an RV park. Really? How did that go? You use wow. an adapter and you're like, bop, bop, bop. So, uh, sadly... This was sad. So I show up at this RV park in in Pismo Beach because I was going to a show in San Luis Obispo. We put our tent. We packed. Can I just stop you there? Uh That's sad too, Pismo Beach. (laughs) I was just there recently. It seemed sad. It wasn't sad. It was lovely. So I had a lovely (laughs) evening in San Luis Obispo. Went to a show. Saw a lovely jazz show. 
can I get to my story? <laughs> Probably not. Because I'll, Give it your so best. I, I open my Tesla charge. I, I see you. a 30 amps like dryer circuit. And I was like, oh, this is very exciting. Was it attached to a dryer? No, it was, a, it was the big plug, the RV plug. Okay. And then a, and then two 20-amp circuits right next to it. And I was like, oh, hmm, okay. So I open up my Tesla bag in the back of the Model 3. and I uns- And I, uh, it's just it's a zipper. It's a oh, wrong sound effect. Zzz. Yeah, that's better. And I pull out the big, long cable. And I had never used that big, long cable before because I have chargers at my house. And then I grabbed the dryer adapter. And I walked over to it. Yeah. It was the wrong one. It was like the the one that was there had the curved blades, and the one that comes with the Tesla have the prong and the four straight blades. There are 780,000 adapters to the 240 volt stuff here in the United States. Yeah, and I even went, no, and I even went on, yeah, I thought to myself, I bet Robert has this adapter. I bought every adapter to go to the Model S, and you know how many of them? There's like six or seven, I think there's seven of them. Uh I've used only three. Yeah, so I needed this one. I don't even know. I went on the Tesla website yeah. to purchase it. So this yeah. is really why I brought up this story. I went on the Tesla website to oh, purchase there's a point. it. There's always a point when I speak. <laughs> I went on the Tesla website to purchase it, and I looked at the photos, and you couldn't – they didn't put it up properly where you could pick which one – like it didn't have a little indicator under each picture. So they had all yeah. seven of them in one picture. And it wasn't like this is the 530, this is the 540, this uh, is the 540. You can Like you had to it. guess. I have a PDF with that on it. Yeah, that'd be super helpful. It is. I know it's at a side, but it is so frustrating. Why in this wonderful country? It is a wonderful so country. So much technology so and much. goodness. So yes. much. That there are so many 240 volt adapters. Like four score and seven years ago, did they say, and we shall have a democracy, but we will F them up with 17 different 240-volt devices? Uh-huh. That's what our founders did. Why would they do that? They own small factories where they produced adapters, <laughs> electrical Apparently. adapters. Thomas Jefferson, like George Washington, they were all like, big oh, in the electrical sorry. adapters. Like, we're all into this democracy thing, but we need to make some cash. <laughs> Here's how we're going to do it. We're going to make the 240-volt thing here uh-huh. very complicated. Yeah. They had a lot of electricity back there, the founders. Look, I'm going to jump forward because we need to uh, end this ridiculous show. Do we? Yeah, we do. I was wondering how long we were going because I was wondering when we were going to get to the supercharger report. (laughs) Uh, Let's do supercharger report now. Right now. Okay. So our last show was on September 29th, at least here at Mushroom Studios. Mm -hmm. And from that time until now, I would love to give a supercharger report that would quell Mel's anxiety. That the supercharger report doesn't exist, just for the record. No, let me no, let me just say, it's been a month, about a month or so, mm-hmm. so uh, multiple by two, add six, and we need, we're going to give it to the IBM, we're going to the BMW four. people, uh, Volkswagen's going to use the supercharger network as well. Um, I'm thinking like 11,000 new uh, superchargers. <laughs> well, you're only off by two orders of magnitude. There are 12 new superchargers. What the hell are you talking about? 12 new in a month. That's a dozen, Mel. I've had more bowel movements than that. (laughs) Thankfully. (laughs) Thankfully. Hopefully that's a problem. Yeah, Yeah, I know. That would have been really bad. He'd have been in But what's weird is you can charge a car from my bowel movements. uh, I'll talk about it later, but go on. (laughs) I don't have that adapter. That's for damn sure. (laughs) 12 new superchargers. There's been one in Japan. I'm sure the people in Japan are delighted about that. That thing is big. It's big in Japan. Belgium got one. The United States got seven. Of course we did. What? Like, not even one for every state. Come on. Yeah, because you started with 12. There's 50 states. That's not even possible mathematics that you're doing there. Australia got one. Uh, Taiwan. For your brother. Taiwan got one. That's big. 
Right, because the entire island of Taiwan, you could probably okay, drive look, around Vatican with City, one charge. If Vatican City gets one, that's big. You but know, if Australia gets one, that's not so it's big. It's funny you mentioned Vatican City. They didn't get a supercharger. <laughs> but I've got a, a Vatican City story. Of course you do. And then Canada got one. Mm-hmm. And you know what? That one was in a place called Surrey. Do you know how many superchargers are currently in Canada? There's a lot of misinformation about that. You I can't would... even drive across Canada on a supercharger network right now. It's pathetic. No, but in Surrey, they got 10 of the new metro chargers in Guilford Town Center. This is just a little bit east of Vancouver, which is a town that has become quite notable for me lately. I just used a metro charger last week. Me too. And let me say that there are 18 superchargers being constructed just in the last, uh, whatever, 30 days or so since our last show, and 16 that have been permitted, entirely sub-adequate for what I think we need to have, and I'm upset. I do. Can I say this? Oh, please, I'm gonna say it's it your anyway. show. When people ask questions on the earnings call, I get it. They're mostly analysts and stuff. But I just want somebody who's a non-analyst, maybe from a show that has a lot of listeners, like, I don't know, a Talking Tesla. CNBC got a question in. To go and say, um, you know what the problem is? Uh, you know what your special source is? It's the superchargers. Could you please explain how you're going to rapidly expand the supercharger network, particularly if you can let the stupid IBM, not IBM, BMW people use it? And those, where are those questions? Like, the supercharger network is great. It's your special source. This rate of delivery, uh, production... It's woefully inadequate. There, yeah. Yeah. It's a disaster. Yeah. Let's get busy. What's the plan? How do you decide where to put them? I'm upset. I went to a supercharger on Friday night in San Bernardino. So you're with the wife and you're like, hey, you want to do something romantic Metro... tonight? We could go to a movie, out to a dinner. No, let's go to a supercharger. Metro San Bernardino in a mall. All Metro chargers. I believe San there were Bernardino. 16 of them. When I showed up at 12.30 at night, granted, that's very late. That's late. Whoa. Very, very late. late. The Dodger game was still going on, yes, however. Yes, the Dodger game is still going on three yeah, weeks later. It might, might still be. There were a grand total of zero cars charging. One Model 3 parked in a supercharger spot, not plugged wow. in. Not cool, buddy. Don't park your Model 3 there. But I get it. Because there's freaking idle fees if you're plugged in and parked yeah, in a supercharger he's for the thing. Next supercharger. But he's not because he wasn't plugged in, so no one knows he's there. Oh, he was just parked. Oh, he's yeah. just parked, he was just parked That's and not, not cool. plugged in. That's a douchebag? What? That's Says what, what you would call a douchebag? <laughs> Says what? What? So I went to uh, San Diego, and uh, there was one of these uh, networks in Carlsbad, and it was a 75-kilowatt charging station with about... 20-ish charges. That's the one with the up the hill? Yeah, so I think Robert and I had the same thing. So we drove to San Diego, and there were two new superchargers that opened in that sort of time frame last month, in the last few weeks. One was in Carlsbad, one was somewhere else. And what is interesting is that the Tesla map couldn't find the supercharger. It was really annoying. And uh, there were all these Tesla drivers, and we're all driving around in the parking lot of like a Walmart trying to find where to plug in because you couldn't find it on the map. It was completely wrong. I hope that's fixed. But once I found it, and then we're walking down to get some lunch, to get some tacos, and I see these Tesla drivers driving around and around. I'm like, up the hill, up up the the hill, hill. go up the hill. There's like three or, or two superchargers that are down the hill near the Equinox like exercise gym, which is a pretty sweet place to exercise, I have to say. But one of them is a handicap spot and the other one is not. 
I drove around. I could not freaking find it. I was really low. I said, screw it. I'm plugging in in the handicap spot and I will just sit here. And if somebody needs it, they're handicapped. No problem. I will move. But I'm like, where the hell are the superchargers? And it wasn't until I watched two Teslas driving by me and around the back of these buildings and then into some nondescript driveway. And I saw them. I say, oh, is there another supercharger up the hill? And I unplugged from this, the handicap spot and I drove up there and I was like, holy crap, this is where all the superchargers are. Yeah. Did you find this? The map wasn't working properly? Yeah, it didn't it work for me. Weird. I ran into that a little bit at the Carlsbad one. It's the one that's like back in the mall, like kind of hidden behind a big. Is that? Are you talking about the no, one that's like I think big? That's the that's a San Clemente. Oh, one. The San Clemente. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I couldn't even find that I, one. I, I found the San Clemente. One. That one's a little bit more challenging. It's also sure. like a hike down, and you got to go in the correct entrance and right and down past like every single car. You're like, where the hell am I going? It felt like the service entrance. Yeah, and you finally get back there at the outer edge of this big parking structure. And I have to say that the view is beautiful. I mean, you get this wonderful view of this canyon down to the ocean, yeah. but it was it was a chore to find. The San Bernardino one, also very, very hard to find. And when I drove to ASAP in, San, in uh, the, the, San the San Diego Diego's? as well, really, I was downtown. You were there? I was, yeah. I was, what? I was downtown. I was driving around. I thought I had a little bit of time before I had to be where I had to be. So I was looking for the San Diego supercharger. Yes. Did you look for this thing? No, I didn't go to it. Dude, I drove around and drove around and then like on the Tesla like map, unfindable, unfindable, 100%. So I had to open like Google. I did a search on Google for Tesla supercharger and I found it and there are photos and those photos showed the entrance to this parking structure. Right. But the parking structure wanted like $6 an hour to park. Exactly. You have to pay to, you have to pay to park and charge, and it's kind of jacked. But it is the only charger in downtown San Diego. Yeah, okay. So I didn't know you had to pay because I didn't find that supercharger because I didn't need it because I stayed at a hotel that had a charger. Right, and I didn't need it. And then I got to that stupid-ass hotel, which is right next to the thing. Yes. And I could have just... And then I parked in the convention center parking lot. Yes. And I asked them where the chargers were as I pulled in. And they said, oh, they're over there, but they're broken. They were. They were broken. They were over there and broken. Both of those (laughs) things were... That was correct. They were true. But but like, if I would have just pulled into the Marriott... Which is right next to the convention yes. center. Two chargers, free, mm. right there. No cars at them. I was set to Hilton on the bay, and it was a blink, and you had to pay, but it wasn't that much. It was okay. Yeah, I, I'm just saying. Like, first of all, what's up with the maps? Uh, I think if you have a Tesla and you put in "take me to the supercharger," it should be able to do that. I'm sure it was a software glitch. I hope it's fixed. If not, if you're in the San Diego area and it's not fixed. Uh, tell us because we'll start, I don't know, bitching on the show. That's the first thing they got to fix in, in the, the newer uh-huh. autopilot thing yeah. is like, let's make it or put a sign up. Yeah. Give me a T, well, a glowing T. Yeah, g- uh, a blimp. So um, on an upside or on a, a positive note, Google Maps just added uh, EV charging near me. Did you see that? So if yes. you're on a Google Map. And if you, I can't remember exactly what you do on there, but you put something like EV charging near me. Cross it your will, fingers. Boom. It'll put up all of the EV charges near you. It's a, actually, it's a huge update to Google Maps. So thank you very much 
to the Google. But they can't quite tell you if the chargers are occupied or what Broken the status is. Stuff. But it would be good to have like, you know, like a drone with a destructive mechanism to explode those cars that are parked there and not charging. Well, the issue is that they have to, to vaporize. Put, they have to use the Google cars, the yes. Google mapping cars to go to the freaking supercharger so the actual information is in the maps, right? Because yeah. at some point you get off the road, you're just in a parking lot of a mall or a parking lot of a of a of a something or other and you just can't find it. The Buellton Marriott was actually pretty difficult to find those chargers and then I showed up and the only spots were open were those two handicapped spots. I've talked about the Buellton bloody Marriott and the bloody ice cars and the Let's move on. Media picks, ladies and gentlemen, before we do uh, letters. Oh. Let's do media picks. And um, We I'm, haven't even done letters yet. This we haven't show done letters. is lasting forever. There's not too many letters. We're going to get through it. It's going to be okay. Media okay. picks, I just want to say right now, for the record, Sapiens, the book Sapiens, the audiobook Sapiens, it is spectacular. And then I want to tell you about this. There's a guy called Kim Stanley Robinson. Oh, he wrote he Red Mars, wonderful. Blue Mars, Green Mars. I got Robin on it. He's happy with that. You uh, freaking got me to... Spend three months of my life listening thank you. to these books thank on you. tape, but they you are mean, great. Thank you. And my son loves yes. it. Well, he just came out with a book. It yes. turns out called Red Moon. Yes. And guess I'm sure Blue Moon and Green Moon is coming next. But I haven't listened to it. I don't know if it's good. But it's Kim Stanley Robinson. It's Red Moon. I'm sure it's going to be right. Do you know where he lives? He lives in Teslaville. I don't have no idea. Where Davis, California. Oh, he's right near your son. There you go, Davis, yeah. California. So um, we've got a couple of other picks. Thomasina. The only thing you need to listen to besides this podcast, yeah. you should stop listening to this It's not podcast. that good. It's very long. Go on. The 1947 podcast. I just recently discovered they this podcast. They didn't have podcasts It's been going on for a long time. No, this is the podcast of the Meet the Press show, which I think is the most balanced political show, in my opinion. Meet the Press every Sunday with Chuck Todd. It's been on TV since... 1947. So they what? named their podcast after. So basically they have a guest. They only do a couple of minutes on the show, but then he'll do a 30-minute deep dive with that same guest. The other show I've been listening to is the newest season of More Perfect, which is a radio lab show, which is basically doing deep dives. This year they did all of the constitutional amendments they're talking about in this in this new season and they had like 35 musicians make songs. So there's a song for every single constitutional amendment and they talk about them and they really, it really brings home all of the constitutional amendment. And the last one I was listening to was very funny. These two ladies were talking about which constitutional amendment they would date and or marry, which I thought was you funny. You can't marry a constitutional <laughs> amendment. I know you what, can't, can but you? it was does, just funny. What does abstinence sound like? No. Like, there are two long-form articles out there that I think are worth the purchase price of the face of the magazine. The first is this month's Wired magazine for November, and there is a long piece on Jeff Bezos. Jeff grew up, much like me, watching the first astronauts, the first man, in fact, stand on the moon. And he was so impressed by it that after making like a billion dollars a second as the CEO of Amazon has committed a lot of money to putting people in space. And this article from Wired, it's called Jeff Bezos wants us to leave the earth for good. He envisions, <gasps> much like Isaac Asimov and other forward thinkers, 
the majority of humankind living in space, in uh, space stations, on other planets, and using the Earth as a place to kind of come back in R&D, but really pushing for that to happen. And bless it, man, after reading this, I'm now a Jeff Bezos fan. Okay, go on. The next article. He might want to launch a rocket every once in a while. Well. I'm just saying. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> the other article is in Popular Science, and it's titled In Defense of Elon Musk. I sent this to you, boys. It's good, and I read it. It's yeah. very good. It is a whole lot of snippets of different people who I respect and have learned to respect who comment on Elon Musk. Like It's not you, Tom. Hey, everybody out there. What the f*** have you done for humanity this week? Right. Like Elon's doing all these things for our benefit. And there are so many haters and so many doubters out there just looking to take him down a notch. That's just bull. And so I like this one quote by Palmer Lucky. You know who he is. Oh, yeah. I know Palmer Lucky. No, really? I have no idea. Can you, can you introduce me? Who is this guy? I have no idea who Palmer Lucky is. <laughs> He's like an he IT. Called, he called me on it. He's an IT visionary. He oh, says, yeah. "Okay, so am I." Elon is a superhero. This is his quote: "Bruce Wayne, Elon Musk, Tony Stark, 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 Stark yeah, Tony Stark. Three men worth billions like, of dollars. Lex Luthor. Three men who care. <laughs> <laughs> you do know, not my, derail him. You right know now. my theory. You know my theory. You've heard it." <laughs> The secret lair. No. So here's what he said. Three men worth billions of dollars who care more about solving important problems than living comfortably. But only one of them is real. Tony Stark. Tony Stark. <laughs> so I think those are totally two long form articles that no. I think are really good. Of course we think I, Elon is doing good things. Because... I love that article actually because I think if you listen to the show, we love Elon. But you might think that sometimes we hate us, but I'm not. And I like that article because it says all of those things. Like it's so easy on the internet and Twitter and all the stuff to be the hater, the hater, the hater. I'm like, and what are you doing, large person sitting on your couch tweeting about how Elon is this and Elon is that? What are you doing? I can tell you what he's doing. And he might be smoking dope and he might be making big mistakes, but the trajectory of what he's trying to do is incredibly important. And I think it's important to be reminded of that every now and then. Uh -huh. Elon is broken and Elon is human. But he is trying to do something useful with his life, and I'm all up in that. Now, can I do letters? Because this is a long show. Not that we care, because everybody says they don't care about long shows. No, we're not even allowed to talk about it. We're not allowed to talk about it, but let's go to letters. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the point of the show that you've all been waiting for, me trying to pronounce people's names. And the first name is Eugene Harlack. <laughs> Yeah, let's 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 start by making fun, not even attempting. No, Tom, I oh. am unable to say Pollock. <laughs> okay, what is it? Tell me, Polish. Polish. Okay. Well, he says. Uh, well, he's made up a name of his own. Please explain. Melton Rob. Melton Rob. Ah, uh, Melton Rob. That's Melton Rob. That's all of us together. And uh, I don't really remember what he said, but basically uh, <laughs> something like. Uh, this, I believe. You can have a free podcast that goes to a lot of people. You can have a paid podcast that goes to a few people. So you should have a free podcast that goes to everybody. And I'm going to say this. For three years, we did a free podcast once a week, and it went to a lot of people. But 
it's really not sustainable because you have jobs and wives and kids and uh, it's hard. Like you and have to take a shower once in a while. It's really – it becomes food. like a full-time job on top of your full-time job. So we did that and now we're going to try something different, which is the free plus premium edition. So definitely do a free show every month. But then if you really like the show – we are going to see if Patreon will help us do that next show. And if it gets big enough, then maybe we can do two free shows and a paid show. But the freed plus paid is something we're going to give a, a – we're going to try it out. I had brunch with a fine fellow just last week, and he uh, he called me out. This fellow who – I kind of think like, of him. yo, yo. I think of him you. as one of my mentors. He's an emergency physician. And he said, ah, you're a serial compulsive. And Excuse I realized me? a serial – compulsive like you really get into something and you're really into it and you get really into it and you learn all about it like like how to be a pre-med student mm -hmm. like you really learn and that's like how you get into medical school mm -hmm. and like you get really into tesla and you really learn about it and that's how you get to be like doing a popular podcast mm -hmm. so serial compulsive but it only lasts for so long so after three years of being serial compulsive I guess that's what I would call us. Right. It becomes a burnout. And so, yes, I think we need to have a more sustainable way sustainable model. to run this podcast. Anyway, let's move on. Harold Plug. Pulsh. Pulsh? No, it's pl it's Plug. Harold. Plug? It's the next one. Plug. I finally heard you're back and I'm very excited. Oh, okay. we're going back to Harold. Paul Bond, mate. Paul Boyd. Boyd. Wow. <laughs> I really have dyslexia. <laughs> that's a why. I've been told I have dyslexia, and how did I go to med school? Yeah. Nobody knows. Yeah. Paul Boyd says this, mate, Robert, you've got the Legionnaires in your stinky air conditioning in You're your right. car. You're right. You're right. How about you park your car and turn on the heat on max for about an hour and uh, walk away, and it's worked for me. That's a pretty good idea, especially plugged into tonight. a supercharger yeah, or, or even, any charger. Any charger. Yeah. I'm going to do that tonight because I took it to Tesla, and I said, mates. Mate. 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 My yeah. car stinks of Legionella. My, my car continues to stink even after you tried to fix it. And there's two parts to this story. Mm. They said, oh, we're sorry. Let's try and fix it. And they did. And it worked for about four days. And then the smell came right back. And then I was up in Fremont at the owner's leadership meeting. And one of those nights, we went to a place called Dunbarton Circle. Why is this important? I have no idea, but Dunbarton please. Circle is a office park, it's and not. one entire building is all Tesla service. When you call that 877 number for Tesla service, mm. that's where the phone rings in Dunbarton Circle. And uh, that's where might. all the people who run the service apparati are. And I met four people who are very integral, including one of the first Tesla Rangers. And I've got some amazing pictures. Like I went through the back of his Model S that has all the bits and pieces and I held parts. And I was going to do a little uh, like a quiz thing and show you pictures of oh. what this part is and what's that part and have you answer. That would have been fun for a radio show. That's true. So we got to figure out a different <laughs> way to do that. Show. We could do a video. That could be a Twitter. It could be a picture. Yeah. It could be a thing. What is yeah, this? That's good. And time. so what those people, that individual uh, ranger told me is that this is not good. They need to vacuum out your entire ventilation system oh, to get the moisture out of there. Because it's full of fungus and a legionella. Try, try the heat thing, man. That could work. I'm going to try that burn tonight. Burn that crap out. Thanks, Paul. Derek Gagnon. 
You want to try this one, Robert? Gagnon. Gagnon. I would say it's Gagnon. 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 Derek, hey, how you doing, buddy? Gagnon style. I think it's probably like more of a French pronunciation. Gagnon. Gagnon. It could be. He said this. Look, I vaguely remember Elon tweeting about a special something for day one reservation holders of the Model 3. However, as one of those individuals, I have yet to see exactly what that special thing is. And I think that special thing is, if I'm not mistaken, was basically a picture, a hand drawing of uh, the Model 3. Yes, um, from Franz. From Franz, and we all got one. Yes, cool. In an envelope. did you all get one? You probably, like me, go like, yeah, that's a nice picture, but it's not that special. You mean he didn't spend $200 to frame it and put it up on his wall, like the one I have of the Model S and the Model X and the Roadster 2? Is that true? Can I I just say one thing here? Dumbass! (laughs) What did I say earlier? Nerd alert. Nerd alert. <laughs> I think it's very pretty, but I couldn't find that if you paid me $1.8 trillion right now. You could frame it, but your wife would let you hang it. <laughs> She'd be like, what the hell are you doing? No, not unless you put okay, a bunch of Okay, here's another name. Ready? It. We're going to yeah. go for this. Con Stan Tin May Arovich. I think that's pretty good, buddy. I think you nailed that one. High maybe, five. Maybe quicker, but I mean, Konstantin Marovic. Uh-huh. Just stop while you're ahead. Konstantin Marovic. Marovic. Yeah, Marovic. Yeah, he says, look, I just discovered your podcast. Dude, that's totally awesome. Why don't you do it once a week? Not going to happen. Been Christian. There. Been there, done that. Gordas. Grodas. Grodas? Grodas. He said the same thing. Uh, mate, I'll give you five or ten bucks a week if you do a weekly episode. Not going to happen. We're going to go monthly, and then we're going to do a second one that's paid, and I personally, me, Mel... The handsome, the tall, the hobbitish one. <laughs> we'll do uh, some tweeners. Robert's got some stuff that I need to edit, apparently, because I forgot to do that. Yeah, and like uh, we'll half do an a, hour worth of stuff. There'll be some stuff coming out every week. There's four great interviews I did while I was in Fremont with Tesla fans. Let me put it that way. There were a couple of kids from New Zealand. Kids, kids, no less. Not hobbits. There were a couple were of small. There were a couple of guys from Western Australia who saw the lithium. They saw the lithium in the. They're like oh, that lithium. They saw going it. Into a car? Yeah, no, that that was lithium going into batteries. I met the man who is Starman. What are you talking about? Now, please, you said that there was a vague reference to you sat next to Starman. We let it go because the show is very fast paced. What are you talking about? <laughs> you oh. sat next to Starman. Starman I... is the the. Edifice, the thing, the the guy that's up in the space that's in the, in the, the Model Roadster S, the that's Red flying yeah. to exactly. the Roadster. Elon's so Roadster. there is a guy. His name's actually Elon. His name is Star. Yeah, no. His last name, man. Star, man. And he is an Uber fan. No, let me rephrase. He is an Elon fan. And he himself dresses up as Starman, created a comic book. I interviewed him. You'll hear him the first time on Talking Tesla. Then I talked to Sean from Colorado. Love Sean. He's a good guy. We talked a bunch. I mentioned that already. All these episodes waiting to come out, but of course, you know. I got to edit them. It turns out I have a job, and this is my other job. Yeah. And uh, you have several jobs. I got really. a lot of jobs. I was going to recommend what the hell is the, do you any, toilet paper? any of the Patreons, current Patreons, if you'll send us like an envelope. With a stamp on it, the return stamp. I return have some, stamp. some uh, window clings. Wait, hang on for your second. for your car. I'm gonna take a picture of this. Window clings. This is upsetting. It looks like Robert has a roll of talking Tesla toilet paper, and there's nothing you want to do more than wipe your ass 
with Robert's face. There's, mm. there's not face not even on it. There's no face. That oh, just you may have just I got a little weirdly the window, on the window that. cling. <laughs> oh my god! What's a window cling? It's like you it's stick like it on the inside you of your window. Peel this thing. It's a dude, off. You go to your window like this, <laughs> and you stick it on your window. Can I have one of those, please, for my car? Oh my God. You don't enjoy listening to Talking Tesla. You enjoy paying for kid. Talking Tesla. Stick this on your on your bottom. You oh, my God. This Australian. He's lost his mind. So I have You're the angriest person I've ever met today. A roll of window clings. They're like four-inch square. They say, uh-huh. I enjoy listening to Talking Tesla. And they say the TalkingTesla.net website at the bottom. Mm. And these are available to our Patreons. Just send me a self-addressed stamped envelope. It's got to hold a four-inch. To, to what address? Don't we have an address? Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. I'll get you that. Well, we'll get you I don't know. Uh, we'll get you that. I bought PO these. Box, don't send it yet. I, <laughs> I bought these. Not I sure. made these up. I've got like 500 of them for all of the Patreons and... Wait There's for more. it, ladies and gentlemen. There's more stuff that you can't get because we don't have a P.O. box. Wait for it. I made some pens up. What uh, is going on here? I like yeah. pens. These are the Talking Tesla official ballpoint pens. Oh, my gosh. Let me they see write. this thing. They actually write. You can write your name. Mine says Talking Teslas. You could write a check <laughs> to Talking Tesla. You could just write... The referral code. Oh, these Robert, are it's, these are beautiful. Can you take a picture of this? I'm gonna give you that one. Yeah, this is fantastic. These are yeah. beautiful. So, yeah, they are. They're really great. They even talk about our YouTube channel, which we haven't used. <laughs> used it. I used it. This guy. He. What the hell? <laughs> it's upsetting. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. My name is Mel. His name's Tom. That's true. It's Robert. The show is talking Tesla. It's taken a turn. We don't know which way this it's turned. This may be the worst show ever. <laughs> it worst or best depends. Uh, we're we're moving uh, to a different level here because Robert had a very long drive here. He had a little tequila. One hundred minutes. Look, the studio is fine. There's a blanket. There's a, a couch. We're going to put him down there. We're going to let him sleep it off. Going to put him down. <laughs> we we might put him down. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the show is talking Tesla. Um, we're not like other shows. <laughs> no, we're not. We're idiots. We are. And if you like it, uh, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. And there's something wrong with you. Kaboom. Out. I love you, boys. Okay, look, the show was over, but I've turned oh the... Oh, my th- God. Turned on again. I'm eating popcorn now. I want Doesn't some matter. This is the this show is after so the show. so hungry. The what show is, after the show? This is the show after the show. Oh, what, the, dude. what the hell is that thing? So this is a hat. You can check it out. Maybe it's you can even put it on your large play. head. I've got a... He's just tearing so it right cool. open. He's going to get... Don't worry about the bag or anything. It's a white hat, and it says... He's going to put, like, sweat on it. Goodness sake. It kind of looks like a painter's hat. Did you That's think he was going to have a non-talking Tesla hat? Here, put that right. on your noggin. I can't. I got oh, that looks horrible. Okay, now, take your headphones off. Okay. Oh, we're taking pictures for Twitter. And the back of the hat is even is it really back cool. Of back of the it hat says, directs people yeah, behind you that know what the hell. What I can't the, believe you didn't put your code on it. My code. 
my code. What's you your code, Robert? Robert three one seven seven. I don't even remember what okay. my code is. And he's is not stopping. This is the sh- check. Oh. This out. Well, what the? Hell? That's a mouse pad. A mouse pad. I brought a mouse pad to work and I put it out. So good. And people, I can Another tell you, picture. this is really weird. The doctors have three computers that they can work at. Yes. yes. I noticed that the middle computer, which has the talking Tesla mouse pad on it, is always occupied. Hey, Mel, right here. We trade off. We trade off computers. But that one is always occupied. And that the reason that that was really good is because I like the one on the left. And I want everybody to stay off that computer so when I go to work, I can get that one. So I put this on the one to the right. It says, I enjoy listening to Talking Tesla. And then it says Talking Tesla. What the hell is happening over here? Okay. I want one of those as well. Oh, it doesn't <laughs> stop. I just got hit in the head with a flying object. And and a it's, t-shirt. It's white. It's a, a white t-shirt. Beautiful. I can put some yellow stains under that in no time. Let me tell you. That's and it says Talking Tesla, and it's got the logo on it. Right. So, you know, I've been doing a little experimenting, a little product testing. See what we got. Give me this. this is fantastic. This is upset. This is the show after the show, and this is the worst part of the show. No, it's, how is that possible? No. It's like having a bad show. And making it worse. Okay, <laughs> it is like having a bad show and making it. I think there's more. But wait. No, you got to stop. He's throwing stuff. It's like a bag. Where are the buttons? Oh. There's buttons. There's so many things, Mel. You don't pay attention oh, to what Robert's my... doing. What is And this is what happens. Here? Are there okay. no buttons? Oh, it's a pillow. A pillow. It's a talking Tesla pillow. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that, that one. Does I... that mean it's pillow talk? Oh, oh, talking Tesla pillow talk. Now I'm going to take a picture. That's it, right? If We're done? Are we find... done yet? Where's my phone? No, oh, actually, we... let me drop this. Oh. Oh, what are these? Buttons. You got buttons? I got buttons. In fact, I got like 100 buttons. The next I... Tesla Club event in L.A. that you go to, my guess is Robert's going to have all kinds of fun things to give out. This is a no, talking Tesla I'd like to put this in the back seat of my Model 3. Yeah. That'd be great. Take so some pictures of this. When you, this take, is pretty, when this you is want to go take a little nap, you can, or lumbar support. What pillow? Right. Dirty pillows. So a lot of fun stuff we're experimenting with. Definitely for the Patreons, we'll have to figure out some way and or swag available because the fans have asked me for these things. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to bring them to them. You know what we didn't like do? It. You know what we didn't do today? Here we go. This is the show after the show. Hey, Google. What's the Tesla stock price? As of 7.59 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time today, Tesla is trading at $331.52 a share after hours on NASDAQ, down 0.99% from closing. It's coming back, ladies and gentlemen. It's wonderful. I love it. Can we end this now? Like, can we stop? Yeah, those buttons are now everywhere across the planet because they were scooped up by the Tesla owners at the Worldwide Summit uh, three weeks ago in Fremont, bam. Robert Rosenblum. I don't need Patreons. I got a, a pillow. marketing <laughs> genius. He really is. He really is. This is incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm out. <laughs>